Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a Thursday night edition of BAMS Radio. Yes, we are staying on Thursday because unfortunately, if you haven't missed, if you missed the past couple episodes, I have graduate school classes on Wednesday, so we had to move. We will be joined by Carrie Clark. I am Thomas Watts, and I'll be producing, so you won't hear my voice for much longer, but I do have one of the guys that generally runs this crazy train, Drew DeArmond with us from Alabama Intel. Drew, how you doing this evening? Good, Thomas. How you doing, Rock? Uh, obviously, a uh, busy time of the year with the recruiting winding down and uh, just a couple of weeks left. And, uh, of course, basketball season in full force. we got Alabama playing right now on the road in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Down four with two minutes and 33 seconds left as the Anthony Grant death watch continues. Um, uh, we will see. It uh, looks like they're in a tough position. They've got a chance in this ball game down the stretch, but it looks like it could be more of the same and another missed opportunity if they don't finish here, which shouldn't shock anybody with this six-year tenure we've had to tolerate. Well, I guess the question I have for you in that case is, is this are, are you I, – I know you were kind of off the bandwagon last year. Are you totally off the bandwagon, take out the driver and run the bandwagon away? Are you, are you just done with this? Well, uh, let's put it this way. I sent somebody my top four candidates before 30 minutes before tip-off. That that would – yeah, you were pretty much off the bandwagon. Yes, uh, you know, I'm rooting for the guys. I know Antoine Petway, great guy. Got a chance to work with him when he was with the Huntsville flight when I was the equipment manager. But uh seen this for six years, uh, seen the uh, inability to finish close games, the lack of toughness, the lack of uh, – you know, just the overall lack of uh, discipline, uh, I guess, uh, lack of fundamentals, lack of whatever you want to call it, lack of everything. Uh, you know, I just think they, the kids play hard. I'm not going to say they don't do that, but they don't play smart, and a lot of it has to do with who's coaching them. And, uh, you know, he's uh, being paid a lot of money, top 20 money nationally, uh, you know, paid $2 million a year. I was all for him being hired. I was really excited. But, uh, you know, you put up with it for uh, six years, and, you know, much like uh, Mark Godfrey ran his course, and I was all for him coming to Alabama. Anthony Grant's done the same, and I think it's a uh, high time that a new era has started in hoops. Well, Drew, we are now joined by Kerry. Kerry, how you doing this evening? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sort of agreeing with Drew. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, it's not over yet. I, I, no, it's it's not. It's not just this game either. It's just a microcosm of everything. And so, you know, probably the best effort they've had. Season. Oh, right. yeah, they got off to a very poor start, but since that time they've really picked it up. But as they're showing the pathetic end of the South Carolina game when no screen was set and, and they weren't able to finish that one, uh, 
Justin Let me Coleman. Ask you this. Uh, you're from the two five six. Did, did Levi not make the flight tonight? Uh, it seems like it. He he has not played well tonight. Did have a bucket a moment ago, and you know, uh, oh my goodness, but uh, that three rimmed out. Levi did. We do have a Levi sighting. He just got a nice offensive stick back, but uh, you know, it's just one of those things where. I think the kids play hard. I think, you know, they try. The effort's there. But they just lack mental and physical toughness because of the lack of coaching and development. And uh, I guess, Kerry, I'm just really sick and tired of after watching, you know, Alabama basketball in my younger days with Wimp Sanderson and even with David Hobbs where defense and rebounding were a, 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 a staple and they were there was a lot of toughness with Alabama basketball. It's just completely eroded. And, uh there's no toughness. You know, there's really been no toughness in the program since uh, the assistant coach over there, Antoine Petway, uh, graduated. But there's just no toughness in the program, and it's just it's, uh, it's a sad thing because you want to be relevant again during college basketball season, but it's just it's not happening, and uh, it's just uh, it's sad. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, you watch it and you get excited, but then you know kind of you, you expect you know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's like watching the – Groundhog Day, you know, over and over again. You know they're going to, you know, play hard, give themselves a chance to win, but that they'll likely find a way to lose. It's just like watching Rodney Cooper and Jimmy Taylor foul out with one stupid foul after another uh, that are totally unnecessary. But, again, they have not been coached well enough to understand situations. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, Well, what about Justin Coleman tonight? Oh, oh, he's tremendous. Uh, I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed watching him gain some confidence and make some big shots, make some big plays. I, I think he has a lot of talent as the dagger goes in the in the hole right there. But uh, when once again, they can't stop a, uh, a drive to the basket. But uh, like right there, there's, there's Justin Coleman. He's got to take a charge right there, but he's a young player and did not step in. But like I say, you know, it's just one thing or another. I've, I've enjoyed watching Justin tonight. Cooper was tremendous in the first half, but then – he he goes brain dead and commits three stupid fouls within a five minute uh, you know span and is fouled out and so I mean he just doesn't do any good I mean it's it's sad it's going to be another quote unquote moral victory in basketball but there really aren't any it's not at this point you know what though uh, if they show this kind of effort Saturday they'll destroy Auburn. Well, they should, but if they lose the Auburn game, if I were the athletic director, there would be a new basketball coach in the interim the rest of the season if they don't win the basketball game. And that won't happen. Uh, I know they'll let him serve out the season, but he better be honest to God that I'm not his boss because uh, I'd walk in there and fire, and fire him in front of everybody. But uh, they're going to they're beat Auburn or, or, or he's or he gone. That, that's basically what I would be. That would be my mindset. Well, after what I saw last night, I, I think they ought to beat him twice. Well, they should. There's no doubt they should. Playing in Auburn's not like playing in, in Fayetteville. No, no, it's not. I mean, and that Auburn team is a two-man team. It's Bowers and KT Harrell. Um, why Alabama couldn't recruit Bowers, I'll never know. Uh, but I think Alabama's coaches are lazy. I'll just go ahead and say that, too. They're lazy recruiters. But anyway, uh, like I say, I watched that last night and a lot of that. And Mississippi State is garbage. Uh, they play hard, but there's not a lot of talent there. And for them to go in and beat Auburn was, you know, that was pretty pathetic. I mean, I agree they should beat Auburn two times, but something tells me that Auburn Arena will be jacked up, of course, when we come in there, and that they'll probably beat Alabama, and uh, and then Anthony Grant will be on his way home. Well, I looked at the uh, schedule before the season came out started. I, I never, ever, ever had this game tonight as a W. 
Oh well, no, I agree with that. I had Carolina as a maybe, but I had uh, I had this as an L. I, in fact, the only road wins I had were Auburn, Nashville, uh, and Starkville. I didn't even have Knoxville as a road win. They surprised me getting Knoxville. Right. So I, I had them three and six on the road, so they got a shot at four and five. Um, but it's tough. Uh, it's tough to watch it unravel uh, on the road like it does time and time again, and. Uh, Again, the, the effort was there tonight. One person that really disappointed me tonight because he played like Nick Jacobs was Mike Kessinger. Oh goodness gracious! I mean, you have to I, reach the floor to get a rebound, even when you're six nine. I mean, my goodness! I mean, he you he channeled the floor at some point, correct? I mean, it, it starts with an S and ends with a T, and that's what Michael Kessins is. He's been a he has been inconsistent to say the least uh, this season. Given good efforts on some nights, and other nights he just disappears. He lacks physicality. He won't move his feet to guard anybody. Uh, he he has a chance to be a good player. The, and I'll say this: the worst part of the Anthony Grant administration, and the reason he is going to be fired, I'm just going to go ahead and call it: he will be fired, is because he cannot recruit or develop big men. They have been pretty good. If you look at his six-year tenure, Kerry. They have had pretty good guard play. They have had pretty good guards every year he has been there. But time and time and time again, he either cannot recruit or the ones he recruits, he cannot develop post players. And Alabama has not had a developer of them since basically uh, 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 – I've gone blank here. You can help me. The guy that went back to Pepperdine – that was uh, that was on uh, Mark Godfrey's staff, uh, developed Erwin Dudley and Jamario Moon, and I mean Jamario Davidson and those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Asbury. Tom Asbury. I thought it was his last name was Asbury, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, Tom Asbury. Tom Asbury was a very good teacher of big men. Elton, you know, uh, excuse me, Erwin, uh, uh, you know, became SEC Player of the Year. Uh, you know, Jamario played in the NBA. You had a, you know you had Richard Hendricks. You had all those guys, but you know Tom Asbury was a very good hire by Mark Godfrey. I'll give him credit for that. But I, John Brandon is supposedly the big man coach and uh, for Alabama, and all he does is steal money. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, everybody's got it all figured out about what Bill Battle's going to do. But if Anthony Grant wins 18 games and goes through IT, Battle's going to keep him. Well, then Bill Battle needs to be fired, and I'll go ahead and just Not say that. In this contract. I mean, I just, I just, I just, he has no intention oh. of firing him. He'd have to have a losing record this year to be fired. Oh wow, that's then he then he's going to have he'd have to have like a maybe a eighteen and sixteen and not get picked for anything in the postseason because uh, they have to see that, that uh, their team play in those buy-in tournaments, the CIT and the CBI. I mean, he, I'm just telling you, man, he's going to have an empty arena. Here's again. the thing. He, he's going to win probably 20 games. I Maybe. just don't know if that's going to be enough to get a bid. Looks like this game's headed to overtime. Wow. So, well, Michael Kessens actually decided he was going to make a layup, get fouled, and be tough enough to make a free throw. Yeah, the, now the one where he got his shot blocked earlier. And oh, my like, God. What? And then he missed. No, I'm just saying. Then he missed the layup afterward. Soft as church music. He would hate me if I was coaching him. Hey, Michael. Yep. 
Yeah, he, he got a shot blocked, and then he had a bunny, and just I don't I didn't know. Oh, yeah. Tried to mess it, and uh, you know, that's two points they couldn't be used. Oh yeah. But, no uh, doubt about it. But yeah, no it. doubt about no doubt Sold about time it. in Fayetteville. Looks like it. Two point three seconds to go, unless they foul an Arkansas player uh, at midcourt. Whereas if that happens, somebody should be fired. But I mean. Like I say, it was kind of funny, too, because Alabama was down three, and it was a stupid play, but it worked out. They threw it inside, and for some stupid reason, Arkansas fouled Kessins on his way up shooting. I mean, you're up well, three with, like, three seconds left. Just let him lay it in. Despite what you might read on various internet boards, Mike Anderson is not no great coach. Oh, no. he's. Uh, I've watched him enough. He's Bruce Pearl, uh, you know, of the uh, other ethnicity. Yes. Basically what he is is – his teams are uh, energetic, and they, you know, they they play up tempo, but they're not disciplined, and they tend to blow games left and right that they should win. I mean, he's not. I know a lot of there was, you know, there's a lot of consternation about him getting the Alabama job six years ago. But right. It, it wouldn't have been much different. I mean, he might play a little bit faster pace, but we'd still probably be treading water. He might have made another NIT or two. Oh my goodness! What a steal! Oh, Kesson's almost threw in a three. Yeah, your TV is way ahead of my phone. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's okay. I'm keeping an eye on Twitter. That's about as far as I've got. <laughs> I still, I still want to know. I mean, I, you know, my my phone is is ahead of my laptop, so I'm going to try to put it on the laptop. But. Uh, we're headed to overtime. Kesson's made a steal and tried to throw in a three, but uh, he stepped out of bounds. So we're headed to overtime, tied at 78 to blow it. He stepped out of bounds? Yeah, he was kind of off balance when he stole it. I mean, he, oh, okay. he picked it up, tried to throw it up. but Now I'm just uh, not getting to that part on my phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that's, yeah. What they needed. that's what we need to disrupt the show is for a game to go to overtime. <laughs> yeah, you know. exactly. But, uh, oh, that, that three wasn't that close. <laughs> but anyway, uh, nah, I just threw it up. That's why I said, "Oh, it's a nice way to call a foul." Yeah, <laughs> you might have made one out of three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, but I mean, we'll see. But nice effort by the guys. Way to come back. But really, a uh, dumb basketball down the stretch for Arkansas. But Alabama's kind of tried to take advantage of it. But, yeah, uh, I mean, they're they're on the road and probably the second toughest place to play in the league and they're in overtime so it's definitely not effort oh no no the effort's always i've always thought the effort was there pretty much uh they you just you know the they, game. yeah they just yeah. not doesn't a ton of efforts uh saturday in the second half yeah but uh sometimes when you know you're beat you kind of slack off a little bit that's true in any sport you don't yeah. quit you kind of half-ass it yeah pretty much yeah but I wanted to go ahead and say this on BAMs, too. I've got a little bit of recruiting news for all of our listeners out there. Uh, got a chance right before, you know, we came on the show. I've finished most of the story. I'll finish the rest of it after our show. But uh, I've got some news that I talked to Shahidi Okiki Valentine tonight, who was nice enough to hit me back on Twitter and then give me a call. Uh, he will visit Alabama this weekend unofficially. Uh, for the first time since his official visit on December the 12th. Um, he's uh, He's got it down. He's still, uh, even after his visit to LSU last weekend, he's, he's 50-50, he says now, between Alabama and Auburn. He will visit Alabama this weekend, Kerry, and then he'll visit Auburn next weekend. 
and then he says he's going to be ready to commit and will commit before National Signing Day. So we should we should know something, um, you know, shortly after the Auburn visit. But I think something to watch is going to be the Prince Tega situation because Auburn's trying to get him in for an official visit, and they're both Nigerians, and there's been some talk of them going to the same school. But I will say this. He had the most good things to say about Alabama. I asked him about Alabama, Auburn, and LSU, and he had a, he had a lot of great things to say about uh, Alabama's program. I think he's very interested, and it's going to be it. Really, uh, I'm. It should be monitored closely. Him coming back up there this weekend uh, to visit Alabama. He's six foot six right now, 310 pounds, and uh, he's uh, an elite uh, left tackle prospect. He's raw, would have to redshirt, but he'd be somebody that Mario Cristobal could definitely mold. Is it fair to say that based on Alabama telling Isaiah Prince they didn't have a spot that they feel really good they're going to get either Okiki or uh, uh, Richmond? Well, Drew Richmond's situation is still kind of in flux. Uh, he's going to visit Ole Miss this weekend on his official. Uh, they will definitely likely try to get him to shut his recruitment down because as of now, I think it's a tentatively scheduled official visit for um, for uh, Drew Richmond to Alabama the weekend before signing day. If they can get him into, to, uh, on campus that weekend, I think Alabama will feel like they could flip Richmond. But uh, right now, I think, I think they feel better uh, – about Okiki Valentine, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens ultimately there because Richmond, you know how it is with Ole Miss. It's always a tricky situation, and Uh, I I, I still wouldn't be surprised if he decided to shut his recruitment down after visiting Ole Miss this weekend. So we'll know more after Okiki Valentine visits Alabama this weekend, and then obviously uh, Drew Richmond what happens with the Ole Miss visit because and I still think that uh Prince is in play and if as expected that we reported this weekend or this week pardon me that it looks like Montrell Custis may very well not visit Alabama if it's not set in stone he was tentatively scheduled this weekend uh but there's also reports he may go to Ole Miss if Custis does not make it into Tuscaloosa uh it's almost assured he'll end up somewhere else which I think is the expectation uh, just like much like we reported about a month ago, and really we've reported it for months on end, but T.D. Moten officially decommitted uh, tonight uh, from uh, from Alabama. I think Custis and Moten, of course, are going to sign elsewhere, and then that could open up a spot for two offensive tackles and one more receiver to go with Daylon Charlotte. That would, that would be good. I mean, and I just wonder, is anybody out of this class or – or anybody that's not committed yet in this class, uh, a potential gray shirt. I've heard Christian Bell, maybe. Right. Uh, Christian Bell, has that that, that scenario, I think, has been out there. Uh, He has not received that phone call. Um, I do know that tonight, I don't know how that visit went. I have not heard reports. But, you know, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban were slated to visit with Prince Tega. Uh, Wanahagu uh, uh, tonight, and I know he's been it's been well documented. The young man was tragic that he broke his leg uh, and had surgery earlier this week. Uh, it was a clean break, and I think the surgery went really well. He should make a full recovery, but uh, Coach Saban and Coach Smart were to meet with him and try to, the word was, try to set up an official visit. Now, I don't think it'll be this weekend, but it could be, you know, the last weekend uh, before National Signing Day. We'll see about that. But uh, I think that a gray shirt would probably be discussed for with him because with that leg injury, Kerry, you know he's already a raw kid, but you are with a leg injury, he's definitely not going to be able to play. 
I've never thought, even if he was completely healthy, that he'd have a committable offer in this class. Yeah, I just never thought that. The reclassification just, you know, it came. He was going to get one at Junior Day next month, but he couldn't win. They were going to offer him verbally at the Junior Day, and then very likely they were going to try to uh, evaluate him in camp against elite competition because, you know, Edgewood is the best AISA program. Edgewood Academy, excuse me, in Elmore, Alabama, is the best AISA program in the state. Uh, they've won Humpteen, you know, state championships, I think, five in a row. Uh, they have the, I think they now have the number one, the, the longest winning streak nationally in the country. But, again, AISA competition is not what it used to be. Uh, Faith Academy has moved up to 5A in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Mobile Christian has moved on. The competition is just not what it, used, uh, what it uh, has been. And so I think that there was a lot of questions about uh, as far as uh, Tega, as far as, you know, how good a player he really was. And Alabama continues to choke. <laughs> well, as the freshman played a great game, but completely telegraphed the easiest pass known to mankind, which he's done all season, and turns the basketball over. I mean, it's a fundamental freaking play that if he was coached worth a dead gum, that it would not happen, but he's coached by idiots, and that's what happens. That's my last rant on the basketball situation. Yeah, we might as well just hold off till we get a final. Uh, yep. But keeping on track of recruiting, and not just recruiting the players, but recruiting of staff members, uh, Yes. Seems, you had this before I saw it from anybody else, but there seems to be quite a bit of steam on the potentiality of uh, Hoover head coach Josh Niblett coming to Tuscaloosa. Absolutely. Uh, he's He's been interviewed uh, for uh, for uh, more than one job over the last uh, several months at Alabama, but once, as we reported uh, this week, uh, it went uh, official that we had, we had really been the first to report that more than likely Tyler Siski was going to move on and find an on-field job, which he did, going back to Mobile where he was the offensive coordinator for A.J. McCarron on a state championship team at St. Paul's uh, Chris, uh, High School. He went back to Mobile to work for Joey Jones and be the wide receivers coach. You know, We had reported that uh, this week on Intel, and we had heard right after that that you know Josh Niblett would be on the short list uh, for, to, to, to move into that job as far as director of player personnel. It was confirmed today that he has interviewed, and we are hearing there is a very good chance that he could be the director of player personnel or the next one at the University of Alabama. I guess the surprising thing to me about that is that I'd heard he would only come from on-field positions. Well, yeah, but this is a little bit different. Uh, This job is a little bit higher paying than those others. And also another thing, too, with with this job, as somebody pointed out today, I, I I think one of the members of my website is that the big key with that situation is is that uh, the, uh, when you're the director of player personnel, as Kevin still was two years ago, you are very close to being an on-field coach. And much like uh, what happened with Jeremy Pruitt, you could see uh, Josh Niblett uh, moving up quickly. And as good a high school coach as he has been, Kerry, you know he's always been ahead of the curve. Uh, that he could quickly move into a uh, into an on-field job uh, at Alabama by taking this position, and he's been aggressive uh, and, and and told people he wanted to move up given the right situation. And he was a finalist for the Samford job that went to Chris Hatcher. Uh, he I think he finished second behind Hatcher for Samford. And now with Alabama being his alma mater, being uh, he, he'll be heavily involved, in, you know, in putting together the recruiting classes. Uh, and, again, one step away from being an on-field coach, 
making really good money, six figures, I could see him taking this position and finally deciding to take the next step. Because what more does he have to prove at Hoover? Oh, nothing at Hoover, but he's got a good gig. As you said, six figures. I just, I'm just i a little surprised he would come for something not on the field. Um, well, it's, it's very tough to get hired as an on-field coach, uh, at least at Alabama, uh, from the high school ranks. Uh, this is going to be as close as you can get, and, uh, and and it's the best program in the country, the best coach in the country, and uh, he, and he would still be on the fast track. As, as many night state titles as he's won, Kerry, he's still a relatively young guy. Very and, young. Uh, yeah, very young and uh, an up-and-comer, and it would be a great opportunity for Josh. And to be honest, I, I fully expect it to happen. I, I was hearing tonight that, you know, that – the, the rumblings from Hoover are that he's going to take the job if offered, and uh, we and I think that's what's going to happen, to be honest. And I'll go down on him and say that he will not be bringing Daryl Williams with him. Uh, no, Daryl Williams announced tonight that he is not going to visit Alabama. That they, he claims they're trying to get him to visit the thirtieth. Um, I just he doesn't, you know. The Alabama has talked to Daryl has has been serious about you know ask you know recruiting him, but I think they were keeping him warm for just in case something different happened with Adonis Thomas. And uh, when they were able to get Adonis Thomas, and even Daryl said that himself, he said, I think their Alabama's trial was going to wait to see who they could get between myself and Adonis Thomas. Well, Adonis Thomas was the priority. And once he flipped from the Florida Gators, uh, I don't think Daryl Williams is going to have a spot in this class unless there was some attrition that was unexpected. Would it be unexpected for Josh McMillan to flip the Michigan? Uh, it would be, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they still feel pretty good about it. Holy mack! Sorry I just had to do that, but what a circus shot by the pride of Madison, Alabama, who just tied this game with 50 seconds to go and is going to the line to give Alabama the lead if he can. Holy cow. Sorry. Yeah, I'm still 30 seconds behind, but that's that's life on the cell phone when you watch Spoiler the alert. ESPN app. Yeah, yeah I, I, look, I look forward to seeing that in the back side. Yeah, now I want you to keep doing it because I want them to win. You know, if you, yeah. you can break it here first, that's great. A choke from the free throw line to the game side. Did he really? Yep. Oh, my word, Levi. His, oh, career, his career in a microcosm, no offense. Great kid, known the young guy since he was a 10th grader, but – Wow, you got to make that free throw as a senior, brother. Yeah, especially when you made your first forty something of the year this year. Mm-hmm. But um, that's terrible. But anyway, still not over yet. Tied at eighty-eight. Yep. Uh-huh. Arkansas going to the free throw line after playing volleyball and getting three shots at the basket There's because no of a complete lack of toughness. Yeah, I, I got to say this though, Drew. I, I think the SEC refs have got it in for Jimmy Taylor. Well, I mean, the SEC refs have never been good, Kerry. We all know that. Or whoever. I, I've learned I, I've learned that really they don't even have SEC refs. It's more just college basketball yeah, refs. They're still signed. I, I agree. You're right. They used yeah, to I mean, now they're just, they, yeah, now it's just the sign guys that travel throughout the country. Who reckon? And now, and now Michael Kessens has fouled out. So Alabama's running out of bodies. But, of course, they had two chances to get the rebound and have a chance to hold it for the final shot. But they – are so soft that they couldn't grab a loose ball, and Arkansas finally drew a foul, and so they're going to go to the free throw line and try to retake the lead here. But, yeah, I was as surprised as anybody Levi missed the free throw, but he clanked it. He made a circus shot and then can't give him a one-point lead, which means even if he made both of these, Alabama could have shot for the win. 
even with a two. But, oh, well. And, of course, Arkansas is going to make both of their free throws. They don't like toughness. They're up four now? No, it's a, they're up one with 24 seconds to go in overtime. I'm sure what will happen here is going to be an Alabama. Oh, and it's kind of funny. Ja'Cory Williams of Birmingham, Alabama is the one at the line. Another one Grant didn't recruit. Well, yeah, he recruited him like two weeks before signing day. He was too late when he got in on him. Oh, wow. This is Alabama basketball. He misses the second free throw. Riley Norris and his teammate fight for the ball and travel. Nobody around him. Yep. Him and Shannon Hale, they're on the same freaking basketball team, and Shannon Hale's trying to take the ball from him and forces him to travel. Unbelievable. Hmm. Would have had, had the ball with 20 seconds to go, down, down one, and you freaking you knock the ball away from each other and force your teammate to travel. You're on the same freaking basketball team. Wow. I'm seeing seeing it now. Unbelievable. If you don't fire him, you don't care about basketball, period. All you care about is money, which you're not making anyway because nobody's showing up to the games. Yeah, these two straight sellouts they're fixing to have will be the only two sellouts. Oh, by far. It's going to be a ghost town for the rest of the season. I can just about guarantee you. Here's the thing, though. Uh, you know, after the Kentucky game next Saturday, after that beatdown is excoriated, Alabama's got a pretty good schedule the rest of the way. Uh, they'll find a way to blow it, just like today. They've, they've had all kinds of freaking chances. They can't make uh, – Levi can't make a free throw after a circus shot. And then they have a stupid turnover by Justin Coleman, who otherwise has played a great game. And then that should have been a charge that wasn't called, and they let him get a uh, – a, a, a tip uh, a put back. And that was the one in the first half where they mugged Tarrant and they just. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> I mean, and then right there, but that is just. I mean, hell, he's on your team. Why are you trying to take the ball from him? I need that's not Riley Norris's fault. I need I need another rebound in my in, in, in my stat I line, mean, Shannon so. Hale has been a zombie all season. I mean, just making one stupid play after another. I mean, for a guy that could make threes last year. It is unreal how he has hosted up this year. I mean, well, it's once again, he, he's lost his confidence, and the genius over there making $2 million can't uh, reach him. Just like yeah. he couldn't reach Jermichael Green, he couldn't reach Tony Mitchell. Uh, I can go, you know, I, I'll just stop. I can go on for – he couldn't keep Trevor Lacey in the program. I'll just – I'll uh, I'll go – you can go on and on and on and on. It just spells F-I-R-E-D. That's what it spells. You must know battle better than I do, man. Today is definitely not what I'm hearing. But uh, like I say, I just I don't see how in heck you can you can uh, have uh, six years with one NCAA tournament, no wins, and like five and four NITs, and somebody still have their job. I mean, that's not what Alabama basketball should be defined as. Should be an NCAA tournament program every year. Never has been. Hundred thirty years of basketball never has been. Well, or at least a lot more. There's never been a coach there that took them every year. Well, I don't know about every year, dude, but all I'm saying is Godfrey went five in a row. Wimp, I can remember one time in 88 he had a bad year, but we were pretty much in the dance every season. So, I mean, 
And I know once once CM they got to dance running, every season because Kentucky was not eligible to win the SEC tournament for two or three of those years. Yeah. Well, that's, well that's there, true. I wouldn't be remembered the same if Kentucky hadn't been on probation. That's a fact. Well, he'd be remembered fondly, but not as fondly. Yep, made both free throws, so Alabama will probably turn this over and then whimper home with yet another moral victory when they travel trying to get a rebound. Yeah, that's uh, when you're fighting your own. Oh, NBA three made by Hale, tie game. Oh, wow. So it looks like it could be double overtime if they don't foul this dude. Hmm. Yep. They got away with the travel and tipped it in at the buzzer, so Arkansas wins the game. It's over? Yep. Wow. 93-91. Oh, he took four steps. I mean, the guy that shot the ball, it should have been a travel, but these stupid college officials have become as bad as NBA officials, just letting them play. And Portis, I think, tipped it right before the buzzer because Alabama's so soft, they couldn't get up there and freaking get a rebound before the end of regulation. So they lose 93-91, in, or excuse me, the end of the overtime. 93-91 uh, at the buzzer. He got it off just barely. You'll watch here, one, two, three, five, seven, what, however many steps he took, and then, yeah, it was easily good. Portis just tipped it because Alabama just stood there flat-footed and watched him do it. Shannon Hale, of course, was late. I don't know if that was a walk or not. I don't know it looked like a walk. Bad walkout, but I don't know if it was a walk or not. I, was, I, I just now saw it. I don't know. Bad, bad lack of walkout, though. Yep. And Alabama loses 93 to 91. 93 to 91 in overtime. Despite Justin Coleman playing the game of his life with uh, 20 points, or might have been lower 20. Yeah, and, he, uh, he did a great job. Ricky Tarrant played good second half. Rodney Cooper played good first half. Uh, Levi finally showed up at the last uh, 10 minutes. And yep. uh, so that, so that and Cheston's never consistently showed up. Jimmy Taylor's not an offensive player. Hale made the one big three, but that was all he did. Uh, yeah, they'll. Uh, two, I don't think that was a walk. I saw two steps when he released. Maybe they caught the foul, maybe, but they didn't. That allowed the tip in. But uh, yeah, I think the light the light went on after it went through. Yeah, it was easily good. Yeah. So. Ninety three, ninety one. Tough loss for the Tide. Now twelve and six, two and three in the league, with Auburn coming in at seven thirty this Saturday. Auburn coming off a horrible home loss, but they always play their best game against Alabama. So, uh, you know, if Alabama shows this kind of effort Saturday night, they'll still blow Auburn out. But they can't get into the foul trouble they got in tonight. Uh, at least three guys fouled out tonight. So uh, Cooper definitely, Kesson definitely, Taylor definitely. I think that was it. But three guys yeah. fouling out. And Retton only played about a minute tonight, so he really didn't go his eight, his nine man rotation. He went really an eight man rotation. Um, Justin Coleman only played six minutes against Kentucky, and then came back and played a whole lot tonight and played great. Twenty twenty one points or so for Justin. Uh, but yeah, you can see now that tip in was good. But anyway, uh, didn't block out. But you know, most of the people that could have blocked out were not even in the game. I mean, you know, especially on Portis. But whatever, it's a bad loss. It's overtime. It's over. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and swap football. I don't know if y'all talked in the opening because I totally forgot I got so into the game that I didn't get on Skype for about two after. But uh, I don't know if y'all talked about our lineup tonight. Uh, no, we have not. Um, we are going to uh, – I'll let you talk about your, your guest and then I'll talk about mine who should be on with us in just a few minutes. Go ahead. 
Well, well first off, tell him who, who it is, and we'll introduce. Him. Well, yeah, we're in, in about uh, four minutes or so. We're going to have uh, we're going to be honored to be joined uh, by Glenn Davis, uh, the uh, football coach at uh, Copile Lincoln Community College. Uh, he coached Jonathan Taylor, who is now an early enrollee at Alabama. Uh, there was a lot of controversy about Taylor signing with the Tide, but he will give us some insight into what Taylor has done on and off the field for his program. So we look forward to having uh, Coach Davis on for a few minutes with us tonight. And at 9.15, uh, hour number two, we're going to be joined by the uh, head coach of the uh, 19-3 Alabama hockey team that captured the Iron Cup this past weekend. That means they beat Auburn. Uh, you only have to win two out of three to win the Iron Cup, but they won all three games in Pelham. I attended the Friday night game and had a lot of fun. Uh, if you've never been to an Alabama hockey game, do yourself a favor and get to one. But, again, they're 19-3, and and uh, they are now all-time 4-0 in the Iron Cup Series and 14-0 against the Auburn Tiger hockey program. And uh, so we'll be talking to Coach Mike Quinneville, Coach Q, they call him. Uh, and uh, he, you know, fourteen and zero is not Sarah Patterson Auburn numbers, but it's still pretty good. Uh, so we'll be joined by him at nine fifteen in hour number two. And uh, of course, I'm quite certain we'll hear from our uh, good friend Colin Big C McGuire shortly after the top of the next hour, the nine o'clock hour. And uh, as always, we want to remind people that they can join us uh, anytime they want to call in and ask a question. You can call the Big Head Barbecue Hotline which is 714-510-3707. Again, the Big Heads Barbecue Hotline for Banner Radio, 714-510-3707. And I'll, I'll touch on this more when we get Coach uh, Q on uh, in about 45 minutes. But uh, he's actually friends with Big Head Chuck, which I didn't even know that until I saw a photo of him on Twitter at Winslow's Orchard House in downtown Mobile. I did not know Coach Q even knew but he does, so that makes it even more fun. And uh, so, yeah, pretty good, pretty good lineup tonight. But you know, uh, I don't know if, if swapping the Thursday nights through through a curveball at Marty or what. And uh, but you know, Marty, if you're out there, we still want you to call in the bands. I mean, uh, I know you still got some questions or, or some comments or something. I've got to fix the Bams Twitter. That's one of my things to do tomorrow. I thought I'd fixed it, but it's advertising the wrong day. So that could be my fault. Blame the producer. Thanks. Well, I don't want to blame the producer on this, but why has Banner Sports Radio completely stopped tweeting our podcast link? Hadn't done it for a month now. That is another question I can answer tomorrow. Okay. But we are a member of the Banner Sports Radio family, uh, perhaps temporarily a basket stepchild, but we'd like to rectify that and start getting our podcast links tweeted by them again. So come on, Banner Sports Radio. We in the family. We in the Banner Sports Radio family. So, anyway, uh, yes, uh, and we are one of the finer programs on there. We have a, a, a lot of listeners. But we do want people to call the hotline for real. Uh, 714-510-3707, the Big Heads Barbecue Hotline on BAM's radio. And speaking uh, of Big Heads Barbecue, we'll go ahead and give him a plug now. Uh, his motto is go big or go home. Uh, his old-fashioned barbecue is good for catering, private parties, events, doesn't matter if it's a church group, a, a, a sports team, Men's or children's, uh, civic group, uh, any, any kind of group really, a, a you know, rotary club, Kiwanis, whatever. He'll he'll cater you. You just need to give him a holler. Uh, you'll you'll talk to Chuck at two five one three seven nine zero zero nine four. You can also reach him on Twitter at Big Head BBQ. 
you can email him. That's bighead at bigheadbbq.net. And uh, you can check out his, uh, his website. That's bigheadbbq.net. And he's got a Facebook page. Um, so Chuck Peak is the man when it comes to making barbecue. He's got his own homemade sauce. It's really good. Yeah, you can get ribs, chicken, uh, brisket, uh, pork, uh, beef, whatever you need. Uh, you know, he's, he's your man. The pride of Baldwin County and Stapleton, Alabama. That's a big head barbecue. Again, his phone number, if you want to call to get a catering quote, would be 251-379-0094. And let's see. Do we have our first guest online yet? I probably was blabbing the whole time Thomas was getting I guess I need to look at the back. Yes, we, we have our first guest. Drew, you can bring on your guest real quick if you don't mind. Yeah, no problem. Well, first of all, you know, we had uh, this next guest on a, one of my other radio shows in Russellville, Alabama, uh, Alabama Intel Radio, and he did such a great job on that show. I wanted uh, our BAMS audience uh, to also be able to hear his insight uh, into his uh, player that is now signed with Alabama. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, but we welcome into BAMS Radio for the first time Glenn Davis, the head coach of Copia Lincoln uh, Community College. Coach Davis, uh, thank you for taking a few minutes to join us tonight. Sure, appreciate y'all having me. No problem, Coach. Thank you. Uh, and, and first of all, I guess just uh, kind of give our audience uh, a little bit of bio about yourself. Uh, they, this, since you're, this is your first appearance, uh, how long? Just tell everybody how long you've been at Copia Lincoln, and just a little bit of uh, notes about your career. Uh, I just finished my 11th year uh, here, and, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, you know, the big thing about Colin, it's in a small town, and, and uh, so, you know, uh, you know, we tell kids in recruiting that, if, you know, if you're looking for concrete and lights, you're in the wrong place, and if you're, if it's about books and ball, you're in as good a place as any, so it's kind of a small place, and uh, uh, like I said, I've been here for 11 years, I've worked at Coach Earl for seven years, and uh Pretty much the rest of the time, I've coached, you know, in Mississippi. But uh, I was at North Alabama with Bobby Wallace for several years, and uh, uh, Coach Wallace gave me my first college coaching job. So, uh, you know, very thankful for him. Well, absolutely. You know, we we but we on Bams, we really admire, of course, Coach Cheryl with his history at Alabama and his and as the the career he had, the long storied career as a college coach. And obviously, Bobby Wallace has been a legend on the Division Two level. Of, at UNA and done such a great job with that program is back with that program now and has resuscitated it. But I guess first of all, let's just uh, kind of tell the uh, our audience they they know of course about Jonathan Taylor, but uh, just kind of tell the uh, everybody how he came to join your program and the circumstances are well documented. But just kind of go into that a little bit for our audience about how you ended up getting the, the, this young man in your program and being able to coach him. Well. Um... You know, John, you know, he had his difficulties at Georgia. And then uh, uh, Will Friend, who, you know, coached at Georgia at that time and and, and uh, actually played at Alabama, uh, gave me a call. And, uh, you know, we have dealt with he and Coach Rick through the years of, you know, kids transferring. And, um, you know, the, the big thing with Jonathan is that, uh, you know, every time I talked with somebody at Georgia, you know, you know they kind of – thought the kid was a really good kid. He just made a, you know, a sad mistake. And, and uh, you know, and through the whole thing, you know, he's been nothing but uh, humble. And, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things that was, you know, unfortunate. And, uh, you know, he understands that, uh, you know, he was, you know, his role in it, uh, 
you know, most times it takes two people to, you know, for something like that to go on. But uh, you know, he's he's accepted his role, and and uh, when he was here, uh, you know, he was nothing but, uh, you know, did everything that we asked him to do, and uh, uh, and how we did things, and you know, not miss class, and and uh, you know, there were some things that he and I had to meet about when he came that he had to do for me to uh, uh, and agree to uh, to be able to come here and. Uh, uh, and he followed up, followed through on all those things. And like I said, Coach Rick and Will both, uh, you know, recommended the kid highly. And, you know, I've had kids that uh, we've dealt with at Georgia that Coach Rick said, not sure that I can tell you, you know, you ought to go on him. But, you know, he was, you know, he was pretty adamant about John. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, like I say, he just did everything I asked him to do when he came. Well, and obviously, uh, he, I and I, I, I and you can clarify this for the audience, but what I've also heard and what we we talked about, but when we spoke before, is if all things being equal, if they could have Coach Rick and Coach Friend uh, had their brothers, they would have kept Jonathan in the program. But I think that was kind of taken out of their hands. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they they uh, it was you know they really wanted to get him back and and. Uh, you know, I think laws in Georgia have changed uh, in the last year or so, and and it kind of affected uh, what they could do and what they couldn't do. And and uh, uh, you know, it's a you know they 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 would have loved to have had him back had they been able to. Absolutely, and coach, I guess the first thing is we can kind of go into him as a player. Uh, just talk about what his strengths as a player are first i guess you could talk about i know he's now at alabama you haven't seen him but when you last had him uh what what was his height and weight when he played for you and just again what what did he bring to your program as a as a, as a uh, football player uh, i mean john's a guy that uh is going to be hard to block in the middle he's just he's so massive and strong uh you know he's uh you know he's ever bit of six five or six you know six five plus uh you know, anywhere from 330 to 340. Uh, and, uh, you know, the great thing about, uh, you know, Alabama or, or you know, any other SEC school, SEC school like that, you know, they're going to get him in, in the weight program. They're going to get his weight down and, and uh, you know, get him a little thinner. But he's just so big that, uh, you know, he's he's like a, a mountain in there. And uh, uh, and then Bo's going to do a great job coaching him and, and – uh, uh, you know, he's just going to get better and better. Yeah, absolutely. And I know uh, I, uh, we had heard from excellent sources near the Georgia coaching staff, they thought he was a zero technique nose guard. But I know, do you think he has the ability to play more than just the nose? Could he play uh, maybe a five technique at Alabama and play the defensive end? Or what? as far as his ability and talent, do you think he can uh, that he can be more than just a nose guard? Well, a lot of that would probably depend on just you know how you know how much he gets uh, you know slimmed down. Uh, you know, for sure he can play a zero because that's what he did for them, and you know mm-hmm. uh, you know he could probably play you know a one and three, and uh, you know whether he's going to be a five technique, you know I don't know that yet, but I, without a doubt he can he he'll be a a zero or a one or a three technique for him for sure. 
Absolutely. And obviously, uh, I've heard a lot of comparisons to Terrence Cody since he came out of Gulf Coast and was a, a two-time All-American for Alabama and obviously helped him to the 2009 National Championship and has now gone on to the Baltimore Ravens. But what do you think he could have that kind of impact, and what, what do you foresee as his future going forward? Well, I mean, he, he's got everything that, uh, you know, I think the pros are going to want in size and, and – uh, uh, everything and you know ultimately he's got a you know John's gonna have to work at it and, and take coaching and and uh, you know get himself in the best possible shape that he possibly can be in and I think he you know he understands that he has to do that and uh, when he left Georgia I I got several friends that are you know pro scouts and stuff and you know every one of them that called me uh, said that we were getting a guy that that had pro potential and and. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, you, you could see signs of it here. Uh, you know, he's just a, you know, a really talented kid that, you know, is just going to get better and better because of, you know, the job that, that uh, Bo does and Coach Saban, that, you know, does with the defense. And, and uh, uh, you know, he's, you know, he's looking forward to that. And, and uh, uh, you know, just because of the, uh, you know, the things that people expect from, you know, kids that Coach Saban has that, uh, I don't think he's really made many bad decisions on guys that he thinks can come in and play for him. Uh, that is, I agree with that 100%. And I also wanted to delve more into, you know, how he was for you off the field. I know uh, you had told me earlier that he, he had been a, a leader for your program and kind of tried to mentor the other players on your football team. He really knows, uh, you know, that he about the mistake that he made and that this is his final opportunity. Just kind of shed some light on – how he was as far as as a leader and, and just in your program, uh, you know, as an overall student athlete. Well, I mean, you, you're right. You know, the thing he did for us is that, uh, you know, he he told our kids, you know, he said, if I had my druthers, I'd be at the University of Georgia right now. You know, I wouldn't be in Western Mississippi. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it was a, you know, a big culture shock. He's from a small town, uh, you know, it, Playing uh, in front of the people that he was used to playing in front of at, at in Athens, and uh, you know there, there were a lot of things that you know he could share with our kids as far as you know the mistake he made, and you know don't uh, you know don't kind of get in the same path that I was in, and you know I you know I really realized you know just how big a mistake I made, and, and you know what I did do uh, to myself, and you know one of the things that uh, that I told John when he came here. Uh, is that the first thing we've got to do is reestablish his name and, uh, you know, not worry about football, you know, not worry about anything, but, you know, let's reestablish my name and my credibility because uh, we always talk about there's two things that, you know, that people are going to hang their hat on is, is your name and your word. And uh, so, you know, those were things that we worked hard on. And, and, and like I say, you know, he did everything I asked him to do. Uh, he met with our dean of students, uh, uh and, you know, all, we actually had uh, professors that actually wrote, you know, letters on his behalf because of things and how he conducted himself in their, in their class. And, uh, uh, in which, uh, you know, those were things that, you know, we wanted to make sure that uh, he did while he was here. And, uh, uh, you know, I just can't say enough about how he, how he conducted himself as far as doing those things for me while he was here. Wow, that's that's some great stuff there, Coach. And obviously, uh, I guess we also need to delve into how he ultimately did for you on the field. 
Uh, how did he? How did he ultimately play for you? And what kind of year did your team have? I mean, it's very competitive. I know in the junior conference and junior college with East Mississippi there uh, being a powerhouse. But what kind of year did he have for you? And how did your football team fare? Yeah, I mean, he had a great year for us. He he finished uh, uh, first team all state, and you know, we wound up we played for the state championship, and we we got beat by Miss, East Mississippi, and uh, you know, we had a great year, and. Uh, uh, you know, and John was you know was a big reason behind that. Him being able to uh, do things in the middle for us, and and uh, it's kind of like baseball. If you're if you're good down the middle of the field, you know you got a chance. And uh, you know he he gave us that ability in the middle. And uh, uh, you know he like I say he's just a you know uh, you know really good youngin that uh, you know I wish the best for, and just hope that you know things hope he keeps going down the path he's going. And and I know. Football-wise, he's just going to get better and better because of where he's at. And just in closing, uh, obviously he had a unique situation with how he got to your program. But what all schools? I, he still must. I know he was still heavily sought after. What all schools did he consider? And then what? Uh, what was his ultimate? Why did he ultimately choose Alabama? In your opinion? Well, I mean uh, LSU and Mississippi State and, and Alabama were. You know his three choices. There were there were a lot of people that that wanted to recruit him and uh, and would have. You know had he, uh, you know you know he was pretty adamant about staying in the South and, and playing in the SEC. He could have went to Louisville where Todd Grantham's at, who was his defense coordinator when he was at Georgia. And uh, um, you know I think ultimately you know going to Alabama is you know you know every kid's dream is you know they want to win and have a chance to win a national championship and. You know, I know one thing is his degree means a lot to him, and uh, uh, you know I think he you know knows that he has a you know a great chance of that. Uh, uh, we've had a kid that played here for us, Daquan Menzies played at Alabama on one of their national championship teams, right. and uh, you know Daquan mm-hmm. you know got his degree and everything, and and uh, uh, so you know those things all you know kids today they they do a lot better job of researching. Uh, you know the academic stuff than probably they used to, and you know the the, the football related things. You know, it's you know you don't have to look hard to find those things because it's so so much talked about. And uh, uh, but uh, you know, like I say, you know, playing for, you know playing for Coach Saban, and and uh, I think he you know had a great rapport with with Bo, and and uh, so I, I think those things were probably the biggest things about playing at Alabama. Okay, well, and last question. Obviously, you've had a you've had a very good run at Colin and had a very good program. Uh, obviously, you could even argue you finished second in the nation, considering they won the national championship again, and you guys uh, reached the state championship game. Tell our audience. Uh, I know you guys all have, have had, with Dequan Menzi and now John Taylor and several are coming out of your program. Talk about some of the young prospects you've got upcoming that you know we may be reading about and hearing about soon. Uh, you know, we've got we've got several guys that'll be recruited. We had twenty twenty four out of twenty eight guys that we had were sophomores last year signed scholarships in December. And uh so you know, this this year's group was, was a really good group and, and uh um you know, we've got some uh we've got some offensive linemen that, that people will be recruiting, uh uh Lorraine Lenore, uh Jeremy Blackwell, uh, you know, we've got uh some defensive players, Deion Pope, and and uh, uh, some other guys that are going to get a lot of attention, and you know, at some some level of Division One, uh, you know, people will be recruiting them, and 
uh, you know, we're still looking for guys now that we can, you know, whether we can get uh, another John Taylor down the road, we're, you know, we're going to try hard and, and hopefully we can have an impact in his life and get him going in the right direction like we were able to do with John. So, uh, you know, recruiting never stops, stops, never stops in this league and, uh, you know, it's all the way to the Absolutely. time you report in, in the fall. Absolutely. Well, Coach Davis, it's been a quick, you know, 15 or so minutes and, it's been great again. We really thank you for coming on BAMS. We hope to have you on again in the future because I'm sure, you know, Alabama is going to have some more, going to be recruiting some more players from your program. And, uh, again, we thank you for taking the time tonight and uh, appreciate you coming on BAMS Radio. Well, appreciate you all and, uh, and thank you for letting me be on here. Coach Glenn Davis of Kapile Lincoln. Uh, good job on that interview there, Drew. I was doing a little. Uh, a little more research while you did that outstanding interview, and it was very informative. Appreciate you having Coach on there. Uh, uh, shockingly, uh, despite what it looked like uh, on the TV in the game tonight, uh, Alabama was called for 29 fouls, but Arkansas was called for 22. It wasn't as uh, lopsided as you might have think. There's some consternation being expressed on the last call. Should it have been a travel? Two and a half steps is I got two stats for my consternation. Arkansas had 21 offensive rebounds, and Alabama had 17 turnovers. One, the first one, is lack of toughness, and the second one is coaching and fundamentals, and the third means new coach. Next question. Well, I think we – hey, here's the next question. Uh, I guess nobody on this broadcast is watching the Alabama-Auburn women's game, but they just had a fight. Oh, wow. Yeah, they just had a fight in the Foster Auditorium. A real fight broke out on the court because Hasina Muhammad of Auburn chased down and punched Alabama player Brianna Hayden on Alabama's bench, and that really wow. exploded. And I, I'm not watching it on TV because I'm trying to do a radio show, but people are tweeting about it, and apparently it's uh, it, it's uh, <laughs> going crazy. I don't, I, if anybody's got a score uh, of the uh, Alabama Auburn women's game, I, I'd, I'd love to know. That's uh. Christy Curry is doing a good job turning the Alabama program around, but she started off 0-4 in the league, and this game tonight at home against the Cross State rival is a, is a pretty biggie. But, uh, hey, man, cat fight at Foster Auditorium. Wow. You don't see too many punches in a women's game. Good grief. Yeah, it'll be on, I'm sure that's going to be on every uh, low light. But, uh, anyway, Thomas is uh, our producer, Thomas Watts, is, is looking up the, uh, the score for us. Uh, well, I, I will. Twenty-eight to fifteen, Alabama. So maybe that's why the girl was ticked off because she's getting that butt tore up. So that's good. Thank you for finding that score. I almost wish I would have taken it now, but I, I guarantee you that fight is going to be on every network that does sports highlights. Lord of mercy, Hasina Muhammad tossing a punch at Brianna Hayden. Well, uh, uh, that's, that's that's not in the Auburn Creed, is it? No. Well, I'll say this. I, I do want to go back and and talk about Coach Davis. Though I thought that was an excellent interview, Kerry. I agree. Yeah. A lot of excellent insight into Jonathan Taylor and what kind of kid he truly is. I know Alabama took a lot of heat for taking the young man, but Coach Saban is a very calculated guy. He's not going to take just anybody, no matter how talented they are. And I think he was assured that uh, that the uh, that the guy is going to uh, the young man is going to be an asset to the program. And I think the best thing you heard about it is he realizes the mistakes he made. Uh, some kids don't. Some kids are like Jameis Winston, and they just continue to do, have their own set of rules. But I think Taylor realizes, uh, you know, 
he uh, really almost cost himself a, a, a big-time career, and he can, he's been able to salvage it and uh, can still move on to the NFL. And obviously you, you heard from Coach Davis that he has big-time talent, and that is right. He did give Alabama to Quan Menzies, who I still feel like has not been given the credit he, he deserves. He did not play long in the NFL, but I thought he was a very good college player. Yeah, and he was uh, a solid player. And I think uh, I think uh, Jonathan Taylor will definitely be an asset to Alabama's program. And the big the biggest thing I took out of it was the the teachers writing letters on his behalf. That's big. That's very big. That was a very enlightening interview. I'm glad you're able to bring it on. Now here's something I must admit. I know we're jumping around from sport to sport, and I'm I'm really sorry because we did have a plan going into this with the basketball game. Too. Yeah, the basketball game being on uh, uh, going into overtime. I guess I missed this uh, because I didn't even know he was still playing, but. Is Ross Wilson, John Parker's little brother, in the Braves organization now? I, to be honest with you, I saw where he was at the christening for the indoor facility. The last I had heard of, John, of Ross Wilson was he was with still with the White Sox organization. I, I thought he was retired, honestly. I thought he had probably hung well, up. Is there another major league prospect named Ross Wilson? Because I'm saying no because this yeah. account called Alabama Pro Update says – Ross Wilson is included on the Braves caravan stops in Birmingham and Montgomery, and they've got a link, and Craig Stevenson of AL.com wrote it. I didn't even know Ross was still playing ball, much less had come to the Braves. I That, that slipped past me unless he's been in Japan or somewhere. I I thought that Ross had probably hung up his spikes. I mean, I, well, apparently, apparently he's – I mean, they don't normally take people on the caravan that aren't at least going to spring training camp. Well, I will and, uh, say this though. He, he's we're, we're talking like he's thirty. He's not. No, he, no, came, he's not. He, he came out the same time as Ruddy, uh, and, and Ruddy is obviously uh, now with the Angels. I hope right. he wins the starting second base job. He, uh, we'll see. I mean, he, I'm kind of glad he's out of Colorado. I think he needed a fresh start. He looking at there. looking at Baseball so. America, Ross Wilson is currently with the Braves. That is wow. the Alabama player. That is he's bringing Ryan Klesko with him. Wow. To Montgomery okay. and Birmingham. I did not even know that he was on there. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, thank you, Twitter. Wow. Yeah, we used to jokingly in the press box, we used to jokingly call him Ross Parker Wilson. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah, <laughs> baseball. The old press box, not the new one that's going to be put up for the next season. But, well, uh, I, I will <laughs> say this. Now that it's been several years, I would think that the – the youngest of the crew is probably at least in close to getting in high school. So uh, I, I don't know what kind of athlete he is, but I do know that there is a third brother. I have not heard what his sport is. I didn't even know that. <laughs> but uh, uh, the, the sister's engaged. I know that. Or, yes. But uh, she, I think she's just graduated Alabama or just about graduated Alabama. Yeah, she, I, yeah I, I thought she was in college. But I, there was a younger brother that uh, – well, I think when, when John Parker was at Alabama, I want to say he was probably in elementary school. So he should be about ready to be a Hoover Buck, but we will see. I, I had heard he was a quarterback as well, but I'm, I don't know if that's the case coming up through the Pee Wee League in Hoover, but I've not been able to confirm that. And speaking of high school football, you know, we're just throwing it around the horn here with different sports. Yes. Uh, it's, been, it's been broken and, and now confirmed. Uh, that Walker Lott, the uh, starting quarterback at Briarwood, is transferring for his senior season over to Thompson. Oh, well. Now, 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 let me tell you what all went into this decision, Drew. Yes. Uh, Apparently, Coach Yancey, uh, veteran coach Fred Yancey, 
You realize that Walker ran for over a thousand yards and threw for barely seven hundred last year. Uh, asked him what he considered running back for his senior year because uh, he is a great running quarterback, yeah. and, and his arm is very erratic. And uh, obviously, you're not honest. But that didn't set well. So his dad, Trey, resigned his seat on the Hoover City Council. Oh, wow. Rented a house in Alabaster, picked up and moved the family to Alabaster, and wants him to play for Mark Freeman, the new head coach at Thompson, who's known for working with quarterbacks. And uh, so, you know, T.J. Rayham, bless his soul. You know, Thomas' son that played on an 0-10 Thompson team last year. A- ain't going to be 0-10 this year. So. No, sir. They're not going to be 0-10. And, <laughs> they're, you know, <laughs> it, it's really interesting. It, it's well, high school football in Alabama. It's Friday Night Lights, McCall my right. Uh, it just got a lot more fun because I enjoy watching Walker play. And, uh, of course, I was going to scout Thompson anyway because of T.J. Rayham, one of the better nose guards in the state. Not getting a whole lot of love because he's probably five eleven and a half, but he can play. Uh, and uh, could could have more, one more growth spurt. So you're right, Drew. They're not going on ten this year. Well, I'll say this: uh, I'll give Thompson a lot of credit for. Uh, you know a lot of people over there, Carrie, but I'll give them a, a lot of credit for trying to putting their money where their mouth is, and you know trying to win and, and being able to attract Coach Freeman and Tim Castile, by the way who will be the head strength coach and running backs coach under Coach Freeman. That's correct. Yes. But I will say this. I'm going to be very interested to see. that They better be glad they got him hired because he would have been on the short list for what I think is going to open up at Hoover. Yeah, and you wonder now who will be on that list. That will be Um, very interesting, Kerry. Maybe that's what happened to Bill Clark. Now, they very very well could. I I don't think Bill will want to go back to high school. That that would be tempting. He might for six the, figures, though. Yeah, for the well, he will get six figures to go there. Now, he might, he will, and he would be on their short list. But if they truly open it up, I would give anything to see how many applicants they got and who oh, all applied nationally. Yeah, it would it be unbelievable, and yeah, there's no telling. Trying to get it. Yeah, there would be. There'd be. There'd be. Yeah, there would be. It would be a who's who of well, high school coaching. We got off on a tangent there, and uh, somebody has called in to the uh, Big Heads Barbecue Hotline, and I want to go ahead and bring him on now. Uh, Colin Big C. McGuire from Greenville, Alabama, our long caller from the 334 area code. What's up, Big C? What's this about Josh? What's his face at, at uh, Hoover? Is he stabbing down as the coach, or has he moved on to another job? He is going – we think he's very, very, very likely going to move on to another job, Big C, and it's going to be at your alma mater, University of Alabama. Oh, what's he going to coach there? Is he going to be a pro, pro, uh, player personnel director? He will take – we, we, we believe he will take the position, off-field position that Tyler Siski, who just, uh, you know, this week oh. took a job with the uh, South Alabama Jaguars – It'd be the director of player personnel. Uh, that's the position that he interviewed for. Now he's also interviewed for some other off-field positions and not taken them. But this is a little bit different. It's as close as you can get to being on the field as a coach, at pretty much at Alabama, and uh, for very good money. And we think there is an excellent chance that he is going to try to move on uh, to Alabama. Okay. Well, um, 
y'all were talking about Martin Freeman. I looked up some stuff on him not too long ago. That guy's got a great record. I wouldn't be surprised he turns that bunch down around pretty quick. Thompson, if he can get him some players in there. Oh, he'll oh, yeah. get some he, players. He's won everywhere he's been. Uh, he won state at Bessemer Academy in the private school classification. He uh, he won state at four. So it will go short. Probably we got him to the playoffs in the one or two years. He was a side to Here's something. We were over at my mother and father-in-law's house uh, Christmas. And they pulled down a bunch of pictures from the attic. You know how people like to look at pictures on the holidays. Yeah. And there were pictures of a minor league, not a minor league, a little league football team, like a YMCA league team. And the head coach was my father-in-law. And two of the players were my brother-in-law, Jay Pratt, and young Mark Freeman. So, <laughs> you, know, you talk about a small world. And the guy that hired him, uh, Dr. Wayne Vickers, the superintendent of Alabaster City Schools, his wife, Pam, was in our wedding. We've known them for years. So uh, I really can't – I've never met Coach Freeman in person, but i tell you what, I can't wait because I've already got a couple stories to share with him. Oh, yeah. That's I'm really good. Tell him story. Well, uh, yeah. let me ask you guys. Um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the roundup on Alabama on recruiting right now? What does it look like? Uh, what, they got about two spots left open, or what's the deal? Well, I, I think uh, – Big C, I think they've got anywhere from two to four spots open. Uh, there's some moving parts. Uh, they, they we, had, we had already not counted T.D. Moten as a commitment. Tonight it was made official. Uh, he decommitted uh, from the University of Alabama and will head either to Starkville or Texas A&M more than likely. But probably who maybe ended up playing for Copile Lynn Junior College. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, defensive tackle T.D. Moten. He's been committed to Alabama since the summer. Uh, after decommitting for Mississippi State, he could he had uh, he had uh, you know Dan Mullen in his home tonight. Went was officially visited there last week, but I mean he could be a candidate for Coach Davis, who's just on our show. His academics aren't very good. Uh, he could end up in junior college, but uh, right now he'll probably sign on National Signing Day with either uh, Mississippi State or Texas A&M. But he was not expected in the Alabama class, Big C, and then. Montrell Custis, another BAMS alum uh, from Lovejoy, Georgia. There's a very good chance, or Hampton, Georgia, Lovejoy High School, that he will move on uh, to either Kentucky, Ole Miss, or my my personal uh, pick, the Florida Gators, if he visits there the last weekend before signing day. But he, uh, I doubt he signs with Alabama in the end. He could, uh, but I don't think that's going to happen, especially if he doesn't visit Alabama officially in the next two weekends. So that would open up. A, that's going to open up a couple more spots. Still think Daylon Charlotte is going to have a Kenny Bell situation and re-sign with Alabama after or, or sign with Alabama after you know committing and then decommitting. But I think we, will, you know, most people believe he will sign with Alabama on signing day. So basically, they're going to have a few, uh, two to three to four spots left, and most believe it's going to be a wide receiver uh, to go with Charlotte, and then. Could be uh, as many as uh, two more offensive tackles, uh, depending on uh, what happens with uh, Montreal Custis ultimately. Full disclosure, though, Big C. Full disclosure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Full disclosure on T.D. Moten. Yeah. Yes. He was given an offer by Billy Napier before Nick Saban 
signed off on the offer is what Correct. was told. So that Correct. was not really – I mean, he was committed publicly, but in Alabama's mind, he wasn't really committed. And they were looking to unload him, and he was encouraged to look elsewhere, yeah. and he did. So let's not make it out like somebody's flipping T.D. Moten. Yes, absolutely. That's he, correct. He was committed without a flipping head coach offer. His recruiting <laughs> coach gave him a flipping offer without consulting with the head coach, and that's not supposed to happen. And he got his butt chewed for it. But that's what's going on with T.D. Moten. And, and guess what? In Scout.com, the organization I work for, with him in the class, uh, the average star rating of the players committed was 3.9. But because Moten is a three-star and him leaving, now the average star rating is 4.0. The class actually got a few points by him leaving. So <laughs> let's not have any consternation. Anybody listening to this show, don't fret about T.D. Moten. Trust me. All right. Yeah, is Adonis Thompson or Thomas or what's the name over in Georgia? I read Florida was trying to get after him. What's the story on him? Or is he stuck? Or we got him firmed up? Uh, he's firmed up, Big C. Uh, they're trying. But Adonis Thomas and his mother, now that Will Muschamp is uh, in the, the land of the barn, uh, they – they, uh, he's not going to go to the, to Florida. Uh, they've completely changed their defensive coaching staff. Uh, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban did a great job continuing to recruit him and his mother uh, throughout the process, even after he committed to Florida. And to be honest, he is a, a the top linebacker on Alabama's board and very important, uh, you know, part of the class and. He's been a priority from day one since they saw him at the at the uh, at the at the uh, junior uh, showcase game in Georgia last year. And uh, Donis Thomas is somebody that uh, they they think has star potential, maybe even on the line along the lines of a C.J. Mosley in the future. So he's a definite priority for Alabama. Um. Oh, okay. Now let me. Who's the wide receiver? Um, isn't there another? Wasn't there another wide? Wasn't there a wide receiver that committed to Alabama and decommitted, but he might come back? Or am I, or am I behind the eight ball on that? Or what's the story on that? Uh, that he's Daylon Charlotte, the young man I've already spoken about. So he's back in the fold. Is that right or wrong? Well, they expect him to be on signing day, Big C. Okay. All right. All right. All right. There's one other. Uh, who who's the guy that's the number, supposed to be the number one prospect in the country? He's from Sapner, Florida. I think Alabama offered him, but I read and I was you know I got a sports show and I was, he was talking about he and two other guys wanted to go in as a package deal over at another school here in the state. It was he, how many players here? Do y'all know? Do you know who I'm talking about? He's a linebacker and I can't remember his name, but he's got a buddy named CC Jefferson. Yeah, he's talking about Byron Tower, but the defensive end. Yeah, that's the one. That's correct. Did Alabama? I read somewhere they were offered him, but uh, well, did he want? What was the deal? Did he want to have his two buddies go along with the deal like he does at Auburn, or, what, or, or, did, uh, or did they just drop off on him? Or do you know the story on him? Go ahead, Kerry. Well, everybody offered him because no one played in the country, so. Yeah, everybody offered him, but basically he's he's down to uh, Florida State, Florida, and, and Auburn. The reason he's looking at Auburn is because uh, there's a couple of his buddies that think not going there. One is Jefferson, who may or may not go there, and, and then uh, there's another guy from from Florida that may go to Auburn. 
Uh, I can't remember his name now, but a linebacker. Uh, uh, Holland, Jeffrey Holland. Holland, thank you. Jeffrey Holland. Uh, anyway, and so probably with Todd, with his coward, his name is probably going to come down to Auburn or Florida, and I don't have a feel right now. He likes Muschamp, so Auburn's got a chance at him. But uh, that's where that stands. Uh, but we're going to have to let you go now, Big C, because we have another guest, a scheduled guest coming on. Uh, but we do appreciate the call and the Drew Hall. Drew, I get with you. Okay, Big C. Thank you, man. Roll Tide. <laughs> I tried to teach Thomas to drop him. <laughs> he didn't like it there. All right, anyway. Uh, lag happens. Um, yeah, lag happens. It does. I'm uh, pleased now to bring on our, our next guest, and I'm told he's been a guest on Bams Radio a number of times, uh, and, and I was, I think, only around for one of those. But uh, back when Greg the Bird Calhoun did the show full-time, he had it on the lot because Bird is a big booster of the Alabama hockey team. Now, let me tell you a little about the Alabama hockey team. Uh, they are uh, currently 19-3. They uh, won their fourth consecutive Iron Cup series this past weekend uh, over Auburn, and I attended Friday night and had a blast. When I first walked into Tulum Civic Center, it was like I got hit by an Arctic blast, but I had a blast. Uh, they are 14-0 all-time against Auburn, almost Sarah Patterson-type numbers. They host Ole Miss this weekend, Friday at 8, Saturday at 7. Uh, and uh, I'm pleased to bring on uh, to BAMS Radio a return guest and, and a friend of the show and a guy that I'm really privileged we had tonight, Coach Mike Quinneville of the Alabama hockey team. Coach Q, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, doing pretty good. How are you guys tonight? We're good. And uh, Coach has been listening to the show now for about the last 45 minutes, so uh, he's probably wondering, are these guys organized at all? But I promise you that we are. And uh, like I said, Coach, uh, this past Friday night at the Pub Civic Center, uh, it's my wife, and we went out there to see you guys beat Auburn. Had a great time. Uh, really enjoyed ourselves. Planned to be back at some point. Uh You've got Ole Miss coming in this weekend. Uh, I don't know much about their program, but uh, what do you expect from, uh, I don't know what they call themselves, the Skating Rebels or whatever? Well, you know, it's uh, it's that big uh, Alabama-Ole Miss uh, rivalry. Um, I will say that um, they did beat us three out of four times last year. Uh, they kept us from going to the national championship tournament by beating us three to two. So, um there's a little uh, payback uh, that uh, will happen uh, on Friday and Saturday night this weekend. Well, it's good to hear again. Friday at 8, Saturday at 7. Uh, tickets are available from the uh, – you can walk up and buy them at the Tulum Civic Center. But I found out, uh, because I was warned by our uh, mutual friend, Paige Hockman, a friend of the show that owns Asian Rim, uh, thanks to the pre yesterday, Paige. But anyway uh, – she warned me that, you know, it's better to get the tickets in advance. And uh, I called over to the Pelham Civic Center and was able to purchase them online and, and, and pick them up at will call. So I advise anybody that's planning to go out and support the Frozen Tide this weekend, again, Friday at 8 and Saturday at 7. And, Coach, uh, you've got a very special event going on Saturday night uh, regarding the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Could you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, we do, and thanks for bringing that up. It's uh, you know we're we're very excited to um, to be able to grant a, a wish for a 12 year old child from Pelham, uh, no, from Pell City, Alabama, uh, on Saturday night. Um, we have had a third party buy um, a set of jerseys that um, unfortunately um, we we're going to wear a warm up Saturday, but they're still in customs, but. 
we're going to have a live auction um, from Saturday night of the Ole Miss game through the Saturday night of the LSU game next weekend, trying to raise money to try to grant this kid a wish of uh, of, uh, of a trip that uh, he's been wanting to go on since he's been battling uh, cancer. That is awesome. So, uh, folks, uh, you know, if you have to pick between the two games, go Saturday and, and bid on the jersey. Uh, and, Coach, uh, I want to get back to something I said earlier. Uh, you guys are 14-0 and as a program. You're now in your 10th year as a hockey program, and you're 14-0 and against the Auburn Tigers. And uh, a couple of the games were competitive for a while, but the final scores you posted were really three beatdowns in a row this past weekend. First off, on the 14-0, and were you at the helm for all 14 of those? Uh, yes. Um, I've been uh, the only coach to beat Auburn, yes, sir. Okay. And uh, so that's, that. you can't beat that 14-0 and all the time. Uh, but, you know, and I think one thing that I'd like for you to explain to our listeners is that hockey at the University of Alabama is not under the realm of the UA Athletic Department. It's completely self-supporting, what we used to call a club sport. Uh, talk a little bit about, A, how the program started 10 years ago, and B, how you've managed to keep it going and keep it so successful. Well, uh, 10 years ago, we had a couple students that uh, played hockey their whole life, a um, couple in Huntsville and a couple in Memphis, and they started school at um, the University of Alabama, and they just wanted to con- continue to play. So they knew that there was uh, such a, an athletic sport, uh, ice hockey in the club arena, where it's a non-sanctioned uh, pairs, uh, players pretty much play-to-play, uh, play and um, and they're self-supportive. So these uh, these uh, four individuals started a program. Uh, the first year they had 15 student athletes on campus that uh, had interest. So 10 years ago this year, this season, um, 15 guys dressed up and played two games to officially start uh, ice hockey at the University of Alabama. Um, I will say this year. Uh, we had 52 kids show up for tryouts. Uh, again, kids got to play. Um, uh, I, I have a roster spot of 30 kids, um, so I had to cut 22 players. Uh, not an easy thing. Um, but um, where we've been, you know, we're, we're very appreciative of the 15 individuals that started the program 10 years ago, and where we are today, 10 years later, it's it's just amazing. Um, you know, all the blood, sweat, and tears that we went through to get where we are today, being, you know, very competitive. We've been to the national championship tournament two out of the past three years. Uh, we got, you know, a great schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks that, uh, you know, it's possible we could get back to the national championship tournament, which will be in March right here in our own barn in Pelham, Alabama. You'll have the top 16 teams playing. But um, now back, um, so you know, it's a big commitment on the players. They have to um, they have to uh, provide their own transportation to and from Tuscaloosa to our home rink in Pelham, Alabama, up to three, four times a week. Um, uh, they also have to pay a team fee, which um, has reduced tremendously over the years because we're getting more support from the school and more sponsorships. Where you know our goal is to is to not um, let the players pay anything. We hope to be self-supported through sponsorships. You know, we do um, sell our jerseys uh, online, which is a big help towards that budget uh, purpose. Uh, 
our home tickets. You know, again, we pay for the ice, and then we have the remaining goes to our budget. So, you know, we've come a long way. Kids used to pay a lot of money. Now they pay half as much, about $600 today to play. Um, you know, we're looking down the road to, for them to pay nothing because, you know, if you look at the 30 kids on my roster today, I got uh, 28 coming from out of state. So anywhere from New Hampshire, Connecticut, uh, New York, New Jersey, um, to Illinois, to, you know, uh, one gentleman from Huntsville. You know, so the program's growing. Um, I can't tell you how many interest letters I got uh, the day of the Sugar Bowl this year and the day after. So we say our football program's our biggest uh, recruiter because it is. And, uh, you know, we're just happy the success that we're having, the popularity of our sport that's, that's uh that's going on with how many people i guess saturday night we probably had almost four thousand people when we played auburn uh at the pelham civic center and uh you know it's just been a great ride and it's been a lot of fun coach you've got a young man on your team that overcame some some serious adversity uh as a freshman last year he was hit by an automobile as a pedestrian he's battled back and he's in your lineup now uh tell our listeners about that young man yeah, so um, we had, he's a sophomore now. As a freshman, he's riding his bicycle to school. I'm getting chill bumps as I, uh, as I say this. Uh, riding uh, bicycle to school, was sitting at a red light, uh, dump truck pulling a, a big uh, front end loader, um, cut the corner short, dragged him, uh, was in uh, intensive care for a lot of, for a lot of time. Um, you know, it was touch and go. Um, he battled, he kept strong. Uh, we're thankful for all the prayers that uh, people from across the country uh, uh, was given uh, to to Alex Gutierrez from uh, Colorado. Um, you know, he spent um, the whole year last year pretty much uh, trying to survive, and and I'm happy to say that he's been skating with us since October. He was in the lineup for the Mississippi State game back in December, and uh, he scored, I believe, three goals and had two assists. And then uh, this past weekend, uh, he put on the jersey to uh, play Auburn on Sunday. And and I'll tell you, um, when uh, when we when we won the cup and, and um, we um, were able to see him host it, it was a special, it's a pretty special thing. That's awesome. That is really awesome. And uh, I don't know, and I appreciate you sharing that story. Now I saw another young man. <laughs> I haven't seen this a whole lot in the many years. I've attended sporting events and covered sporting events. But I got out of the car, and I was walking into the Pelham Civic Center Arena this past Friday night. And one of your players, it's like 30, 35 degrees outside at the time. And one of your players is out there in shorts and a T-shirt jogging the parking lot warming up. Now, who, do you know who that is? Well, there's no telling. <laughs> okay. And I uh, say that – uh, you know, you know, all the players have their own routine. You know, we do have a a team function uh, pregame routine, and and some of them, uh, you know, have to do what they got to do, and and it's something that you'll probably see this Friday night if you come at the same time. You'll see that same individual out uh, doing extra things, trying to get warmed up for the game. Okay, that's cool. And like a carries. Mike might have just died, Coach. Um, yeah, I lost him. Uh, okay, I, I, I'm going to try and get him back, but until then, okay. um, you, you've spoken about Ole Miss. Do you have any other big games coming up on your schedule? 
Yeah, next weekend is LSU, and then the following weekend we have the SEC tournament in Pelham. So, you know, next two weekends are huge as well. Absolutely. And for fans that aren't as familiar with the postseason for NCAA hockey, is it's called the Frozen Four, correct? The Final Four in the 16-team tournament. Can you explain the format real quick just to help our viewers out? Yeah, so the NCAA, there's um, four different um, – Four different um, brackets around the country, and um, the, the NCAA Division One hockey players. Uh, the final, the finals, um, is, they do call it the Frozen Four. Um, for us in uh, club hockey, we have uh, what we call the, the top 16 teams from around the country. Uh, we'll be in Pelham, Alabama, starting March 10th through the 14th, uh, playing a tournament uh, to see who wins the national championship. Uh, okay. Coach, this is Kerry. I'm, I'm back now. I wanted to ask you, uh, I understand you guys are also hosting the SEC tournament? Yeah, so uh, this weekend we play Ole Miss on Friday night at 8, Saturday at 7. Uh, the following weekend we play LSU Saturday night at 7, Sunday at 2. And then the following weekend will be the SEC tournament in Pelham. Uh, the game started at Friday afternoon at like uh, 2.30. We will play uh, Friday night. Um, well, I, I will say it. Uh, the number one team in the West were set up like football. The number one team in the West will play the number four team in the East. So we're planning on winning two games this weekend, securing first place in the West, and we'll be playing Friday night against the number four team in the, in the East. And then uh, games will be Saturday afternoon, Saturday night in the semifinals. And then Sunday will be the, uh, the, um, the, the, the tournament, um, the final game, Sunday afternoon. Do you have to win that game to make the NCAAs? Well, it's um, so the NCAA is a little bit different. We we are hosting the top sixteen ACHA Division three national championships in Pella March tenth through the fourteenth. Um, rankings will come out tomorrow, um, and then there'll be another ranking coming out the Sunday night or the the Friday after the SEC tournament. So if we're in the top two spots in the South Region. We have a direct route to nationals. If we uh, somehow are ranked number three through ten, we have to go play uh, in, in uh, Central Florida, uh, down in Orlando, middle of uh, February. And if we win that tournament, then we get an automatic bid into nationals. So top four teams from four different regions uh, make the national championship tournament, which will be here in Pelham. That is really awesome. And I've noticed... Uh, for those who cannot make it out, if, if you'll just go on the Internet and Google Frozen Tide Hockey, it will take you to a website that has a lot of information about the team, but also has two different ways to, uh, to hear the games live. One is via audio only, which is free, and one is uh, a little less than $7 a game to have audio and video. And there's a lot of people, coach, apparently that have banded together to sponsor that so that the fans can enjoy that. Yeah, it's been a pretty exciting thing, and, and, uh, and all that you just talked about are two uh, broadcasters and uh, the folks running the, the the cameras and the folks doing all the behind-the-scenes are all current students at the University of Alabama. They are working for us as interns, and uh, they're all in the communication department. So it's pretty exciting to see the quality of work that these guys are doing. These guys and girls, uh, Kendall Grayson, our play-by-play, has just been amazing, and we've had up um, – I think uh, this past weekend versus Auburn, I know Saturday night there's 300-plus 
um, fans just listening to his, his call of the game. And uh, I haven't got the official word of how many people watched it, but I know uh, last year in the SEC uh, tournament final, when we played Arkansas, Kendall had over 1,400 people just listening to his play-by-play call. So, uh, you know, we had another feature this year with, with the pay-per-view, um, which has been pretty nice, um, allowing a lot of parents and a lot of fans across the country to uh, to watch us play. So it's pretty exciting. Go to BamaHockey.com at the top. Go to the um, broadcast uh, tab. Hit on that, and then you'll see where you could either watch watch it uh, and watch it and listen, or just uh, listen. So pretty exciting, it's, and it's great that the students are involved and and giving them all they got to do a great job. And another great way to follow the team is uh, via Twitter, at Alabama Hockey. Uh, lots of great information coming there. So we have a lot of people that are on Twitter that listen to our show, probably the majority of them. So if you're not already following at Alabama Hockey, follow me to do so because it, it does a great job of keeping you posted of what's coming up and also live updates during the game, the goal-by-goal type updates. So, so that's pretty cool as well. Now, Coach Q, uh, this phone line that you're on right now, we call it the Big Head Barbecue Hotline. And uh, that's because our barbecue sponsor and the man that brings his uh, delicious food to our BAM's tailgate tent across the street from the quad of every home football game is none other than Chuck Peak. Now, I had no clue until I saw a photo uh, very recently on Twitter that you were acquainted with Big Head Chuck, and there was a shot of you and he eating at the Wenzel's Oyster House uh, in downtown Mobile, Alabama. And then my connection there is when I was growing up in Montgomery, uh, Wenzel's would come up to our church uh, once a year and, and sponsor a fish fry and oyster fry, so they helped us make money once a year. So I knew about them. Uh, but then to see that picture of you and Chuck Peake, uh, a, a man who, first off, they don't make a hockey helmet big enough for his head. But when he played high school football, uh, his coach was able to special order him a helmet. Uh, how in the world did, did you meet uh, Chuck Pete? Well, I'll tell you, it's pretty funny. I was at uh, I was having dinner one night at Asian Rim, and um, there's this uh, big guy in there, big guy in there eating and and um, having a good time. And I was introduced to him, and he called me over to his table and. We just started talking and and uh, and uh, became pretty good friends. And um, you know, I was down in uh, Mobile this week, and I had uh, texted him and, and and said I was in town. And man, we just had to get together and have some oysters. And um, sure enough, uh, uh, it was uh, it's, it's, he's a great guy, and and you know, he keeps on telling me how good his barbecue is. And uh, I've been un- unable to uh, get to the Bams uh, radio tent down in Tuscaloosa on game day, but. I do have that on my bucket list. Oh, it's uh, that's <laughs> he's got this one dish that's called the triple threat, and it's a it's a <laughs> it's a small piece of pork, uh, but in the middle of it is a little piece of sausage. And it's wrapped in bacon, and then you cover it up with his uh, homemade sauce, and it's like you just died and gone to heaven. I mean, it's uh, and I give Chuck a lot of publicity on this show. He gives me a lot of grief because he claims I don't bring stuff every week to tailgate. And I call, I've, I've tried to explain to him the concept of trade and radio, that when you give somebody publicity and name your hotline after them, that the person that's doing all that gets to eat free. And about halfway through this past season, he finally figured it out, so we're good. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's a work of art. And every now and then he'll call the show. Uh, but he is our barbecue sponsor, and I just – and I'm glad you brought up Asian Rim. Uh, I, 
had a nice lunch there yesterday. Uh, Paige Houghton is a friend of this show. She often calls in and gives us updates on the Alabama baseball team. As you know, her son, Georgie Salem, is a starting center fielder. Uh, and that's near the top of the order. I'm not sure he'll be lead off this year. He'll be in the top two or three hitters this year. So uh, Asian Rim is certainly a great place to eat in Birmingham as well. Thank you, Paige. Uh, but, Coach, uh, it, it's, been a, it's been a great uh, almost uh, 20 minutes to have you on. I, I want to thank you uh, for coming on and, and promoting your team. Um, I know my co-host, uh, Drew the Armand, is sitting up in Huntsville going, wow, there, there is an Alabama coach that promotes this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, but thank you, Coach Q, very much uh, for, for joining us tonight. And, and we hope to have you back, uh, you know, every couple of weeks or so to keep us updated on your team. Man, that'd be great. Uh, I'd love to do it. I, we appreciate uh, you uh, letting us come on and talk Alabama hockey as it's a growing sport uh, on campus and very competitive. And, you know, being 14 0 against Auburn is. Uh, it's probably the best thing, uh, uh, the best thing that we're, we're we're very proud of. And tell Drew that I live in Huntsville also, and and uh, look forward to meeting him sometime. Yeah, if he's awake, he can chime in now. Drew, he's probably muted. I think he's muted. He's ticked off about the basketball game. But anyway, uh, oh, yeah. Because uh, you, uh, if you're listening, uh, anybody that's listening to this, if you like Alabama football, which involves shoulder pads and helmets and crimson jerseys. You like Alabama hockey because I can tell you firsthand. Uh, I, I want this will be my last uh, comment for you to go, Coach. I was out there Friday night, and and, I, and Coach, I had been to a few hockey games in my life. Uh, I lived uh, probably a fourth of my life in Atlanta, so I had a chance to attend a Flames game, uh, one Thrashers game, and even they had a minor league team for a while called the Knights. I went to one of those, but you were the first college game I had been to. And, and just comment a little bit before I let you go. They, uh, when they get up against the glass, against the boards, there's, there's some pretty good licks passed out there. Oh, absolutely. And that's just part of the game. You know, what, uh, what we tell our guys is, you know, hit them hard, hit them clean, and, and then uh, score goals when they get the opportunity and beat the opposition. But, yeah, very physical. Uh, you know, we're out there 30, 40 seconds. Uh, it's pretty much all you can stay out there because it's a, it's a very demanding sport. But, you know, part of the big the big sport is the big hits, uh, uh, and it's uh, great to be part of, for sure. And, Kerry, I must say, you know, you tweeted out a picture of your sweater, and I looked for you last Friday night, but I didn't see you. I can't believe I didn't see you. So I want to introduce myself well, to you. Well, uh, you know what, Coach? I had it on, but it was so dang cold in there, I had to put a blazer on top of it. Uh, when you don't go to a hockey game for a number of years, you forgot, you forget that you're walking into an arena that's got a lot of ice in it. And uh, I did have it on, but I had a, a houndstooth blazer covering up three-fourths of it. But it, it was it was there, and a few people in the lobby noticed it and commented on it. But I'm sorry you couldn't spot it from the distance. Uh, I'm going to make a concerted effort to get uh, at least to the SEC tournament, and I'll make a point to meet you that night. And I surely thank you for your time tonight. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful entertainment experience, especially if you're anywhere around Birmingham. Uh, do yourself a favor. And, and come out again. They've got Ole Miss this weekend, uh, seven o'clock tomorrow. I'm sorry, eight o'clock tomorrow, seven o'clock Saturday, and then uh, LSU the following weekend, and a couple of weeks after that, the SEC tournament. So uh, again, Coach Mike Cunderville, Coach Q of Alabama Frozen Tide Hockey, uh, 14 and 0 against Auburn, and uh, 19 and 3 this year. We wish you the best, Coach, and thanks for coming on Bands Radio. Thanks for having me, guys. Good night. All right, good night, Coach. That's Mike Quinneville, uh, head coach of the 19-3 and 3, 
uh, Alabama Frozen Tide. Uh, it will be very interesting when the rankings come out tomorrow uh, to see where they're ranked. And uh, he, he kind of explained a couple of the paths, but I'm sure he doesn't want to have to make that trip to Orlando and go in that Central Florida tournament because uh, one of those three losses this year was to the Central Florida Knights. So they apparently have to bear, and one of them was the Florida Gulf Coast. So apparently the uh, the, the hockey teams in the state of Florida take it pretty seriously. So, uh, But uh, this is a great team he's assembled. Uh, it's very fun to go to the games. Uh, you know, they own Auburn. And speaking of Auburn, uh, Thomas, if you, if you get a chance, uh, try and find us an update on that women's game. And, Drew, are you back with us now? Yes, a uh, very good interview, Kerry. I was uh, just doing some research and having to post something on, the, on my side, Alabama Intel, some recruiting notes. But I heard Coach Q on in the interview. Very nice to know that he's a Huntsville native. Look forward to hopefully meeting him. Thanks for, for that. Uh, obviously, not surprised that he's from Huntsville, considering that Huntsville is kind of the capital of hockey in Alabama. No uh, UAH's uh, success, and obviously having the havoc here, and having the uh, the the, the Mudcats, the Mudcats in the past, and have won uh, you know a couple of professional hockey championships as well. So uh, glad to see the success Coach Q has had, or Channel Cats, I should say, Huntsville Channel Cats. But glad to you know see the success Coach Q has had, and anybody that beats Auburn's a friend of mine, and uh, love. Love the fact that I guess Alabama all times about 115 to 0 against Auburn in gymnastics and uh, hockey, so good to know for that. And uh, uh, great, and they're having a great year, 19 and three. And uh, hopefully they'll, uh, you know, have a chance to make a run at the club hockey national championship. And uh, it's, you know, it may not be a, uh, they may not be a member of actual Division One hockey, but that may, who knows, maybe that could happen in the future. I mean, obviously, uh, as Coach Q said, the sport is growing even in the SEC. Yeah, uh, they actually play D3. Or Division uh, 3, I'm sorry. They, they, well, no, we do. We have to because our kids are on scholarship. Right, but, uh, right. So that version of the Frozen Four, they don't really – I don't know if they call that version. Of it, but they will call it that. It's going to be played in Pelham. Uh, yeah. And that's huge that they got that tournament down here. Uh, and he does have a player from Huntsville. And uh, that mm-hmm. gentleman had a couple of assists the other night. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, but I, I thought it was really cool to, to hear him give the genesis of the program and all that. Thomas has checked on them with 15 minutes and 17 seconds to go in the game. Alabama's lead has been cut to 36 to 30, and it sounds like two Bama players got thrown out after the fight. Uh, I got a uh, one of my followers on Twitter sent me a private message that said that uh, that Brianna Hayden actually threw the uh, first uh, shot that uh, Muhammad chased her down and hit her on the bench in front of the team. So I guess Alabama got the first look in on that one. Uh, so anyway, two Bama players apparently ejected and the lead down to six. Uh, that's a, a lead. We'll update you again before we go off the air, but uh, that's a that's a win, Drew, that, that Christy Curry really needs to get because they're 0-4 in the league. No doubt about it. It's been a rough second year. Uh, you know, she's still upgrading the talent base. Her best player transferred out. You know, at an inopportune time would have been a senior. So transferred back to Seton Hall, back home to New Jersey. So she's had it kind of rough this year. Sometimes, what people forget is sometimes the second year in a rebuilding process can be a little bit rougher than the first uh, when you have, when you're still having to bring in your 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 group of talent, but they're all freshmen and very young players, and so she's still trying to lay the foundation. And yeah, it would be big to be able to beat Auburn and Foster tonight. Right, and um, speaking of big, um, the gymnastics program under first year head coach uh, Dana Duckworth. Uh, 
got a win their opening weekend at home versus Arizona, but then went on the road to Arkansas and, and really had to meet locked up last Friday night until three falls on the beam and had to count two of them. So they lost at the very end of the meet at Arkansas. Tomorrow night in, in Coleman Coliseum, they're hosting number one Florida, so things don't get any easier. Uh, I have seen them upset Florida before in this type of position, uh, but it's going to take uh, a really clean meet, and it's only the third meet of the year, so uh, that one could go either way, I guess. It, it would be an upset if Alabama won, but uh, it was kind of heartbreaking to uh, read and even see some of the video of those falls on the beam up in Fayetteville. Yeah, it really was, and it's only her second meet as coach. She's replacing a legend. Uh, right. I, I saw her already taking heat for it. Uh, I kind of unnecessary in my eyes. I mean, uh, you know, that's a. Uh, it's it, they should have won the meet. There's no doubt about that. But again, uh, especially in gymnastics, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you kind of you and the SEC is one of the best conferences in America anyway. I think Arkansas is ranked 12th in the nation. So. It's something where you just you want to you want to kind of peak at the end, and it's something not to be. I wouldn't panic as of yet. No, and I'm not panicking yet on basketball. Uh, I know it doesn't look good right now after the 93-91 overtime loss with four guys in the top eight fouling out of the game uh, in Fayetteville tonight. But there is the Auburn Tigers uh, who can help them get well Saturday night at 7:30 in Coleman Coliseum, and at the halftime. The uh, Iron Bowl ODK Trophy will be, uh, the Sportsmanship Trophy will be presented back to its rightful home in Tuscaloosa. That game is sold out, uh, but the Tide did suffer a tough 93-91 loss tonight in Fayetteville. Uh, and again, four Alabama players fouled out. Now, I want to turn the Tide back to football, everybody's favorite reason to listen to BAM's radio, because it's now time to bring in who a man who is not only our producer, and not only a senior writer at Touchdown Alabama Magazine, but this week he's our Senior Bowl correspondent. And four Alabama players, Austin Shepard, Blake Sims, Jawson Fowler, Ari Quanjo, all down in Mobile showing their wares for NFL scouts. And I believe that Thomas Watts has had a chance to observe at least one of the practices. Yeah, yes, I have. Go for it and fill us with some knowledge, my friend. Absolutely. Well, I, this is my personal opinion, and this is this can def, certainly a debatable point. But of the four Alabama players that have competed at the Senior Bowl, I think Jalston Fowler has had the best week. And the reason is you, you already knew that he was a good blocker. You had a good idea that he had good hands. But now he's also shown that he can run the ball effectively. Yes, Alabama let Jalston Fowler carry the ball on occasion, but it was not very often. He's been able to do that some. And that's where his that's where Fowler's value comes in. In college, you have 85 scholarship players and a handful of walk-ons. In the NFL, you have 53 players that you can dress on any given day or on any given game day. Actually, 46. Seven in Anyway, you're on a roll with it. Well, I, I... <laughs> anyway, so with that few roster spots, you have to find a guy that can not only do one thing, but has to be able to do multiple things. So think about Justin Fowler. You've got a big kid that can run the ball near the goal line in a pinch because he is so big. He can be a lead fullback. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. And he can compete on special teams. That's that ticks off enough boxes where you want someone like that on your roster just because he's so dynamic. So 
he's proven to me Fowler has proven in most cases that the versatility that he was thought to have he's validated it Blake Sims has had a pretty good week it's been kind of hot and cold uh he's gotten some rave reviews for having the best now Drew this one's for you because so I know some of your friends that I don't like will, will this will burn them slam up Blake Sims has gotten reviews for throwing one of the prettiest balls at the senior ball. Now I saw a video of it, it was to the tight end down the seam. It was a beautiful pass. And absolutely. He he's been doing that some. He has been missing on some throws, but Sims it'll be interesting to see how his draft grade fluctuates. He's gotten also gotten rave reviews from uh, Gus Bradley. I from every from both sides just watching him compete, saying that he's a natural leader. So that's certainly something in Sims's favor. He's still a fringe sixth, seventh round guy, but a sixth or seventh round guy, at least you get your foot in the door, which is always a really important thing. And with the way he works, he's got a shot. Unfortunately, at 5'11", that's, that's really and a half. And a half. Okay, at 5'11 and a half, <laughs> that is still really short for an NFL QB. There's not a lot of NFL quarterbacks under six feet. Uh, right. Russell Wilson is like 5'10 and a half, and I think Drew Brees is – Right around six feet. Uh, yeah, and uh, the other ninety nine point nine percent are taller than Blake Sims. Right, they are, and I'm just, and I'll let Thomas finish his thoughts. But go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm proud for Blake. I have read that he's thrown the ball well. Uh, you know, I think that I, I had, I heard somebody make an idiotic comment the other day that maybe he'll get drafted as a running back. The guy is not a running back. He's a quarterback. He didn't look like a natural running back when he was at Alabama. He's a quarterback. Let him have his best shot. And I'm glad that he's had a pretty good week of practice. And the only thing I'll say about Nudie, I love Nudie. He's one of my favorites. Um, I, I just, I, the only thing that's a little bit concerning is he needs to get his weight down. Yeah, he, he checked in really heavy. At, I think it was 264 was his weight. That, right. That's intense, but you kind of have to feel like – with the three months of draft prep, that will get under control if he's committed to it. And that's that's a quick point, and then I'll give the two my, my thoughts on the two offensive linemen. At the level that these players are at, everybody has talent. It comes down to do you want it enough. And if Fowler comes into the combine and has dropped, you know, maybe ten, not 10 pounds, but, you know, 5 to 10 pounds, 10 would be the upper limit, and just looks leaner and ha- – then that's all you'd want to see. You know, that's that's solid. But the the offensive linemen, they've had I don't want to say interesting, I don't think that's fair. I think they've <laughs> kind of had a Blake Sims esque type week where it's been kinda of up and down. Ari Quanjo, I've seen him both called the best guard and kind of meh for the senior bowl. He's going to get drafted. I think the highest praise I've actually seen him say is he looks better than Cyrus did uh, coming out, which is pretty crazy because Cyrus is a second-round pick. He won't get to second-round pick status, but you know, what, what are you going to do? I think Ari's – he's obviously going to get drafted. He's got a mid-round grade. The big key for Ari, even more than the senior bowl, though, is that combine medical assessment. Uh, another thing that – uh, fans that are big on college might not realize about the NFL is the combine is 
you know, you do the physical portion and you do the mental interview portion, but you also have an, just a very, very in-depth physical exam. And with Ari's knee problems, that's got to check out. The same thing happened with Cyrus, Cyrus, his younger brother last year, if you remember. Finally, Austin Shepard. Austin Shepard, if you want to look at this as a glass-half-full kind of thing, it is certainly a positive that he has been able to play both guard this week as well as his right tackle position. Going back to my dressing 53 point, if you, often teams generally dress six or seven linemen. Seven if you have a if you have just a gangbusters, but in a lot of cases six. And that sixth guy is expected to be able to play at minimum a guard and tackle spot such that if the guard or tackle on either side gets hurt, the person coming to replace either of them or take the play, take over one of, one of the vacant spots has some experience and has some skill. So if Shep can display a guard like skill set, that only helps him. He's also projected in the middle of the third or fourth round. I mean, it's been a pretty good week for Alabama players. I'm not going to say that someone is just blowing up. There's certainly not an Alabama player blowing up. But it's it's going to be interesting to see that Blake Sims leadership thing in the game itself because one thing that Blake could differentiate himself for is if he can do that and kind of be one of those players that – has so-so practices, but when the lights are on, he responds. I think that would be his best shot to move up a couple of rounds. Unfortunately, being 5'11", yes, Russell Wilson is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback at 5'11", and Blake Sims has some Russell Wilson in him. But you're not the NFL is not rushing to draft 5'11 quarterbacks. Let me put it to you that way. That would be the best way to put it with Sims. But, again, overall, it's been a good week. Um, I think Alabama players – have, in most cases, improved their draft stock. There are some questions they're going to have to answer going into the draft season, but that's not really that surprising since they've only not been playing football and practicing every day for, you know, two weeks. So they haven't had a chance to, like, remake themselves through just pure training like you will get when you're preparing for the draft. That's my report from the Senior Bowl, and we're looking forward to the game, that's for sure. Just well, to clarify, you're you're right in that NFL rosters have 53 players, but they're only allowed to dress 46 on game day. Well, so and I that makes it even more a priority to have linemen that can play more than one position. Right. And yeah, also to to add it. Now, Aaron Jones made it. Yep. <laughs> yes, and and to add it, I, and and that'll be key for Austin. I think he can make a team because he will be able to play right and left tackle as possible. He proved that this year. Can play both guard spots, can play four spots, can be a swing guy, and uh, I think with his and he has excellent character. I think um, I I really think that he uh, he will be an asset and will play on the pro level. I think Ari will get drafted as well. I think the knee situation with the doctors will be key. Mike Mayock was really uh, bragging on uh, on uh, Ari today. He said he had a rough beginning, but was much better now in his uh, pass drops. Well, uh, he had improved, and I, he thinks he has a good chance. I think the thing with Ari is, if his knees check out, he's going right. to be a mid-round pick. If his knees don't check out, he'll get invited to camp, but he'll never like he'll he'll be a fringe guy. Like there, there's so many talented linemen now 
that if you have even a slight question mark like that, you're going to take a fall. Now, the, the, the other side of that, and you'll hear this a lot going into the draft process, it doesn't matter if 31 teams don't like your left knee. If one team likes your left knee and you check out to that one team and that one team wants to spend a draft pick on you, you're, you're set. So, again, if you want to see it as kind of a glass-half-full moment, Ari Ponjo, has, his, his knees have 32 chances to impress someone enough or to convince someone enough that it's not going to be a medical problem. So that, there's that side of the knee issue. Yes, and I've got another recruiting tidbit to add, guys. It's what I was working on when Coach Q was, uh, was uh, talking about Alabama hockey and the great year they're having. But recruiting is a circus. Recruiting changes from hour to hour, day to day. Uh, now – uh, Jimbo Fisher uh, is pulling out all the stops trying to get Byron Cowart, C.C. Jefferson, and Ryan Davis, the slot receiver from uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. He has now hired Brad Lawing on his coaching staff. He was the defensive line coach at Florida. C.C. and, uh, and uh, Byron Cowart had such a close relationship with, and uh, he will now coach at FSU. But also, Ryan Davis, who's best friends with Byron Cowart, will not visit Alabama as previously scheduled, has canceled the visit, and will go on an official visit this weekend with Byron Cowart to Florida. And Daryl Williams, the Hoover linebacker, does not have a spot at Alabama and will not visit Alabama as well, and neither will carry on Johnson. All right. Seven minutes and 48 seconds remain at Foster Auditorium. Alabama and Auburn's women are tied at 39 Mia Shanti Knight and Brianna Hayden were both booted out of the game uh, and Hasina Muhammad for Auburn as a result of the punches that were thrown. The video I saw uh, showed that, that Knight actually started it by punching Muhammad in the face under the goal. Then she ran to the bench and Muhammad chased her over and landed a body shot on her. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what Hayden did. She wasn't in the video that I saw. That being said, uh, we're going to go ahead and bring on a caller. We weren't able to scream, but... Uh, 205 296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296296
at this level have known most of these boys and watched them since mm, it could be as early as seventh grade. And they well know them by this point. So with football, when I'm listening to you guys talk about the Senior Bowl, this is a curiosity question really as much as anything. Does the Senior Bowl, does the week of the Senior Bowl and the week leading up to the Senior Bowl really make a big difference in the eyes of the scouts who've been watching a lot of these guys sometimes for years? Uh, It does because the – it's a chance where you see the best of the best. I mean, yes, okay, if – I'll give you an example from the Alabama football season. Seeing someone like a Dante Fowler matched up against a Cameron Robinson. Yes, Cameron Mm -hmm. Robinson was a true freshman, but Mm -hmm. Cameron Robinson has a legitimate NFL skill set. So the NFL has that tape. But at the Senior Bowl, Mm -hmm. you have guys that have been through a college program at minimum three years because there is a rule where a junior, if they graduated, can be invited to the Senior Bowl. That new rule happened D.J. Fluker's year. Uh, Mm -hmm. From three years to five years in a college weight program being developed by college coaching, and they've been able to put up three years of tape. But it's kind of like an addendum. You have the tape. They've been able to be developed. Now let's see what you got when you put you against the best. And it's Mm -hmm. just one step in the process. Because the other part that's so big (laughs) that happens at the Senior Bowl, which is why the two worst NFL yeah, the two worst NFL coaching staffs, the coaching staffs with the worst record get to coach the Senior Bowl is you get a chance to interact with the players on a one-on-one level. There's not a massive athletic difference between mm-hmm. everyone in the NFL. There just isn't. It, yes, okay, T.Y. Hilton might be a little more athletic than average wide receiver, but you're talking a difference between like a 4-3 40-yard dash and mm-hmm. a 4-4. I mean, that that's Physics, there's just not a lot there. So right. it gives these two these two teams almost a jump start on their draft. But on top of that, other teams, every NFL franchise has a scout or the general manager himself is in Mobile right now talking to players. So it's just okay. it, it's not only a chance to see best on best on the field, but to get an idea of, okay, I've so talked to So it really can be, a game, it can be a game changer for their draft position. Absolutely. If if they make a good impression here, not only competing off the field but on the on the field and off the field, they'll either mm-hmm. they could potentially get invited to the combine if they were considered a fringe pick, or if they weren't invited to the combine, they could get some private workouts with franchises, and mm-hmm. that's really how you get drafted. Every single okay. one of these players that that gets invited to an, a a a private workout means that team is legitimately considering investing a pick in them, or giving them priority in their free agent pool signings. Okay. Well, thank you for answering the question. I appreciate it. No problem. It's what I do. Now for some baseball scoop. <laughs> okay. If, if you've already given this scoop out to your listeners, I'm sorry, but it's a pretty big deal for ba- baseball. Um, ben Ashford, our strength coach, has left for Sanford, and he's going to be taking over their – whole entire athletic program as far as being over their strength program at Stanford. And we have got, we've hired one of Coach Cochran's guys from football to come over. And so far, so good. The guys really like him. And I'm sorry, I don't know his name. You could probably find out really quickly if you don't already know, Carrie. But um, that's a big deal for our guys because they spend so much time with the strength coach every day, as you know. 
Well, I'm glad that Coach Ben didn't have to go too far from his girlfriend in Tuscaloosa uh, because his girlfriend's <laughs> older sister, his girlfriend's older sister is Heather, who was one of the original hosts of BAMS Radio with Bird a long time ago, and Heather still calls us every now and then. Uh, so Heather, her little sister, dates Coach Ben, and I'm I'm really thrilled that he didn't have to move it 45 minutes away. That's, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, and we wish him the best, by the way. Oh, he did a good job. Definitely did. We'll yeah, look into so anyway, hey, Gary, thanks for taking my call. I really appreciate it. Thanks for yeah, we'll, calling, Paige. Yeah, we always love hearing from you, Paige, and we look forward to the baseball. I know they're fixing to start scrimmaging, I believe, this weekend in Hoover, and uh, yeah, we it'll be here before everybody tomorrow. knows it. Yeah, oh, we that's right, the weather. Tomorrow. But they are going to do it Saturday, right? Saturday at 1 o'clock, but there's so much going on this weekend. I mean, there's media days, and there's just a, there's a lot going on. And, you know, I would recommend somebody going to RollTide.com if they want to follow the baseball team and really keep up with what they're doing because they, they have so many activities and just trying to, you know, get a crowd out to the field. And Coach Gaspard's really good with that. And the players are looking forward to getting out in the community Um and, you know, I know that Georgie has got to go to Central Elementary and, like, um, to Zitz Middle School, and he'll be talking to some of the students there with one of the coaches. So it, it's going to be a community effort with the players, you know, going back from, you know, we have players from Oak Mountain and Spain Park and, you know, Best Dave with Pat Bailey and – Pat Bailey's son, Grady Bailey, and Georgie. So they'll both be doing Best Baby events. And it's just to, you know, spark more interest um, with younger kids coming out and, and catching some Alabama baseball. Yep. And you do go to rolljob.com, and there are uh, ticket plans available for games at the Hoover Met. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good schedule they've got this year. Uh, I was looking at the schedule this other day, trying to pick out some uh, Saturday afternoon games to come check them out at. So, uh and yeah, Carrie, thanks for your guest. Yes, absolutely. And Paige, before you go, I want to ask one more question because I know you've seen it. I know, of course, Georgie's already been able to use it. But why don't you comment on the, the indoor hitting facility that's now open? Uh, what was, uh-huh. first of all, your thoughts on that and then Georgie's? Because I know I saw the video. It looks unbelievable. But just kind of yeah. let our listeners know how that looked. Well, here's the thing. The University of Alabama sent out a questionnaire to all former college baseball players in the SEC, not Alabama players, all other schools, and they asked them to rank the school's facilities in you know a certain order. And they they had all different types of categories, from you know the workout facilities to the actual field itself to the locker room, to the um, bleacher area, to the concession stands, to, you know, they just asked them to rank everything. And the University of Alabama, unfortunately, placed last in almost all categories. Are you there, Carrie? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Wait, something happened with our connection. Anyway, they... they the University of Alabama placed last in almost every category except for one, and that was the actual field itself. And so that really, really got the attention of the powers that be in the athletic department, and they decided this will not do. So they started with the indoor hitting facility, and 
I really just have to go on what Coach Gaspard said because says because he has been in more indoor facilities than anybody has as far as the University of Alabama, and he says it's just the nicest that he's ever seen. And I know as far as going out on recruiting visits and whatnot with Georgia, I mean we, you know, I went to the University of South Carolina and went through their whole facility, and this indoor hitting build hitting facility. It's it's nicer than South Carolina's. I mean, in South Carolina, have the nicest. So if there's another one out there that's better than this one, I don't know where it is. That's awesome. That is awesome. I, I've been I've been such a big Alabama baseball fan. Have not been able to go to as many games the last few years because of what I do for a living and being two hours away. But when I was a student there, I went to over a hundred games and. It was really the uh, during my time at the university was the their best sport, and I truly mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But I it was really depressing watching the facilities just get, kind of just get behind further and further behind year after yeah. year after year. And I'm super yeah. excited about the future, and uh, I can't wait yeah. till uh, they open the new stadium. Well, I was delighted when I just tweeted out a rendering of the new stadium, and oh yes, I'm you awesome. know, I'm. T- on Twitter, you know, if, you, if something's retweeted seven or eight times, you know, if you're if you're a nobody like me, you're like, oh yeah, that was great. It, somebody else retweeted it, but I think it was retweeted like fifty eight or fifty nine times, which tells <laughs> me that Excellent. there's a great interest in that new facility. And I saw a presentation on it last week, and uh, they're going to take the facilities from something like 13th out of the 14 teams in the league all the way to number one just with this full oh, yeah. innovation once it's all done. So, yeah. Uh, they're yeah, adding gonna, so much, you know, restaurants, gonna, you know. Yeah. Really nice. You're you're going to start seeing national championships come out of baseball. That's what's going to happen because we're going to be oh. able to, to get a whole lot of players that we weren't able to get before. You know, when Jameis Winston came on his baseball visit, that was a huge part of his problem was that he didn't feel like we really took baseball that seriously. I'm quite glad he's at FSU now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he gone. He gone. But I was hey, saying. And... Do what? He gone. No, I'm going to say, Paige, and, and Jameis Winston can always remember the last college baseball game of his career was a loss to Alabama. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You know, he actually he actually, <laughs> he actually walked Georgie the last time he threw to him down there in Tallahassee. But um, yep. anyway, but there are other athletes that are, you know, sort of close to his caliber that they don't even look at Alabama because they don't think that we take baseball seriously there. Now they will. Oh, yes. Hey, good talking to you guys. And well, thanks to your guests for answering my questions. All right. Oh, no Have problem. Thank you, Paige. We always love having you. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. That's uh, Paige Hartman. Good night. Paige Hartman, owner of the Asian Rim in Huntsville and Birmingham. Y'all go out and give her some business when you get a chance. There's a colonnade in Birmingham. Had lunch there yesterday. Uh, good to see her, as always. Uh, Going to have to call the show now. Uh, it's been it's been good. A lot of informative stuff. We want to thank Paige and Big C for calling in. We want to thank Coach Q and uh, Glenn uh, from uh, – Davis, the big baby, calling in from uh, Colin. Uh, for Drew DeArmond, available on Intel.com for Thomas Watts, the touchdown Alabama magazine. 
I'm Terry Clark with BamaMag.com. Wishing you a good night and roll tide. You've been listening to BAMS Radio, a member of the Bama Sports Radio family. And before I let you go, Auburn leads 47-45 with three and a half minutes to go. Time to go off watch that finish. Roll tide, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>